Hey, RC After Hours community, it's Andre Rousseau on a Friday night, and we are getting ready to go live and have some fun and talk to our guest. I haven't mentioned who the guest is. You'll see in a second when I bring him up on the camera, but he's a good friend of the podcast, and we're, uh, we're going to have some fun questions. We got those hot seat questions. We'll talk about the industry, talk about everything that's been going on recently in the community, and really um, just have a good time. So without further delay the man the mystery and our guest tonight who we didn't even intro we didn't even tease about because every time i tease a guest something goes wrong but here we go hey steve how you doing buddy <laughs> hello everyone how are you andre how's things you're up you're going it's, it's working there you go folks look at that ready? it's steve <laughs> our good friend for the podcast um yeah, I guess it's been a while. I, I forget the last time we've had you on the show, and I know everybody was itching and saying, where are you? And uh, so we figured... It would have been just after I left um, Hobby King. So, it would have been the last time I was on. There we go. So it's... Um, yeah, there things things have been really good, really positive and awesome, and there's a lot of stuff happening in the RC community and a lot of stuff happening with me, which has been great. And, um, yeah, th- things are uh, fantastic. And as you can see, I've got some things in the background here, which are pretty cool. And we'll talk about that later yeah. on. Yeah. And, and um, ditto in the background here. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I do need to apologize. I have got a cold, which is awesome. But um, I've got a cup of tea here in front of me, which is great, which I'm going to drink through the podcast. Sorry if that is annoying to anybody, but it's going to make me feel a lot better. So that's going to be a good thing. Hey, I think I'm hearing some audio on your end from the live stream. So we may need to get to... to... Someone to plug in their headphones or turn that down, just so we don't get that over the uh, the recording. But uh, all is good, though. Uh, yeah, it has been a while. Uh, anybody listening live, send your questions in. I'll try and capture them as I go. But we will definitely be doing the hot seat. And I got to get people uh, to definitely keep sending in those hot seat questions. I got 38, and like last show when we had Alex Zavada from from Flight Test, um, we were generating, and I had the random generator going and everything, and just having a really good time. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about the flying because uh, believe it or not, I've been flying. Uh, we tried to woo. <laughs> we tried to uh, we tried to do the podcast last weekend. Unfortunately, this guy was extremely zapped, and so just aired on the side of caution and just shut it down and didn't do a show. But throughout the weekend, which was the uh, um, the long weekend, the Labor Day long weekend in Canada, and a little in a long weekend in the U.S., I got out flying, and it's been really good. So I know the Friday night thing is a little different for everybody, but the benefit is I fly and I enjoy this hobby, and I've, we'll talk about all the projects and do a little bench flying this evening on the show. So, yeah, not a Victor. Victor's in there, not the Australian again. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Victor. I'm from Down Under. It's awesome. <laughs> so, so what have you been up to, Steve? Oh uh, well, I started uh, actually started a real job. <laughs> I started working for a, about a month and a bit ago, which has been taking up a lot of my time, which has been really, really good for myself. Uh, out of the hobby, which has been even better for myself, and things have been really good. Um, been concentrating a lot on my local club, where I'm the president of Penrith Electric Model Aero Club, where that club is where uh, a lot of the videos will be shot from um, Hobby King, and we did the Hobby King live event there. So a lot of work there to get done, and there's a lot of interesting characters and, you know, 120 members to look after. So it's been, yeah, a lot of fun, and then it takes up a lot of my time, and also moving, and, and yeah, so there's been a lot of stuff in my personal life, which has been good. 
And um, yeah, obviously getting back into my own RC, which has been even better. So I've been back building and doing stuff with my dad and, and um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of stuff, a lot of projects on the run. If you want to, I've probably got around about 100 RC aeroplanes and um, they're all in different stages of wanting to be built and needing to be built. So it's, and plus anything new that comes out, I've sort of been like, oh, and I've, you know, either got my hands on it or bought it and it's been really, really good to uh, to fly some of the new stuff. So it's been good, really, really good time. So what have you been flying then? <laughs> well, before I concentrated a lot on Hobby King stuff and when you work in the industry, you get um, bogged down in um, not doing it for yourself and doing it for a company. So you sort of get tied up in in... In, in other products that you don't particularly want to invest a lot of time in because they're not your own personal interest in things. Like, for instance, Hobby King would never want to build a two-meter Tiger Moth, but I would. And you can see I've, I've got a... If I just turn the camera slightly, you'll be able to see a two-meter Tiger Moth, which is, which is getting built. And it's been fantastic and um, really enjoying the experience of... of you know, getting back into the into the hobby again full time, which has been really, really good. Cool. Yeah, from the chat, there are some questions. I actually I've got to figure out how to copy them, but uh, and get to them. But we'll uh, I'll try and scroll back in later on as we go through, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll try and ask you some of those. So you mentioned uh, a variety of flying and everything. Are you still battery based, or have you stepped back into some gas motors? Now, still, I'd say ninety percent of my stuff would be would, would be electric. Mm -hmm. um, Penrith Electric Model Aero Club gotcha. is where I'm the gotcha. president, so yeah, okay. I, I can't I can't fly that. But in saying that, I've still, you know, I've still got a few gas airplanes and motors and that sort of stuff lined up, and things need to be flown. And um, you know, there's been a few side projects which I've kind of worked on, which is which is turbine related, but we, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> and there, there's been so yeah so to say that I'm out of the industry completely isn't true I've still got a lot of friends and contacts in the industry mm -hmm. and I've still still talked with a uh, talked that's not <laughs> it's, that's my cult still been in contact with a few people and, and we're in talks and it's been extremely interesting outside the industry as well so it's, it's I mean sorry outside of hobby king so yeah, yeah. A, a lot of fun yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, so, people are noticing your L39. So that that you being able to step away from the Hobby King environment, I think you you've gotten a chance to fly other brands that you you know you probably were flying in the past, but really weren't featuring. Yeah. So uh, and that L39 looks gorgeous. That is one that's high on my uh, I like the try list. Um, so that may have to wait till next time I'm in the U.S. to pick something up. So. But uh, you know, tell us, yeah, like, like, have you been flying a lot of jets? A bit of a mix, but I've had like my latest jets that I flew would have been the um, the Avanti from Freewing, which which I flew uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, the L thirty nine, the Mig seventeen, obviously I would have flown that one, and um, another jet was the. Futura from FMS, which I've had for a while and and hadn't really flown and and really put it together and flew it. Um, I was flying the 90 millimeter Yak 130, but unfortunately I had a uh, I won't say a glitch in a radio. It was an issue with a battery adapter and it rolled into the ground and smashed into about 40 bits. 
so that was very devastating but we moved on from that <laughs> um the 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 l39 i've flown a fair amount of vdfs in my time and you know free wing and fms and hsd and stuff like that and also the hobby king stuff and this is without doubt the best edf i've flown out of the box it is sensational put it together and it takes about five seconds and you get in the air and it it it's i did the maiden in fog and it was pretty close like i had to fly it close and kept it flying nice and slow and i was like as soon as it got off the ground i was like oh this thing's a keeper um it probably has you know 15 flights under its belt now and it, um, the only thing that happened with it was the landing gear was a bit hard so i had to loosen the landing gear off so it would actually work and it was nice and soft and now it comes in because all of my flights are off grass yeah. as well and at the moment in australia we've, we've got a uh, a massive drought which is affected 90 percent of the country and our field at the moment is like a dust bowl it's it's extremely hard and and rough and the the airplane's going really really well off grass so there you go there's some feedback for guys flying off rough fields this thing handles yeah, and, and it the way that it flies and the performance for an edf is sensational it's it's probably i'd say one of their best and i've flown a fair few of the uh edfs from uh freewing so it's a nice one nice it is Definitely. and it's up there with my things i want to get list but uh it's funny because i got my uh now, i got my fms yeah sure. yeah yeah make make sure you get the camouflage oh, yeah. one the white one yeah, 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 yeah. no 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 the yeah. camouflage yeah, one that russian one but my one yeah. My one's a, um, it's definitely a, a special because you can see on the stars and that's factory. They, they came factory from, I got mine from RC Castle, mm -hmm. which is in Hong Kong. And um, you can see the stars and they're actually further inboard. They should be close to the yellow stripes, but for some reason, this one, so I must have a special. <laughs> so thanks for everything. So it might, it might have more power or something. I don't know. Maybe they knew it was for me. Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um... Then, you know, yeah, no, I've been, it's funny because like I said, changing the show up. So I'm a free on the weekends to, to fly. I, I said, let's go. And I just, I pulled the, uh, my 6S 3300s out and uh, we'll talk about battery tech in a bit too. Uh, I started flying the, uh, fly, yeah. started flying that, uh, it's an FMS version one now of the Yak 130. And I, for those who watch the video, <laughs> Man, I was nervous. Woo! And I took off. And within 10 seconds, I just yelled, yeah, because this thing was locked. And I was like, cool. You know, and, you know, low yep. rates. I haven't put her out of low rates. I haven't changed anything really crazy about it. And it flies really well. And I'm... I'm I picked up those 3300 packs for the uh, for the uh, Avios Grand Tundra, and I'm like, I need something that's going to fly with these packs. And mm -hmm. this thing is great. It's a really good jet. Uh, I've had... I want to say I'm on my sixth or seventh flight with it. I've had one whoop so far, and I had to straighten the gear out. So I'm actually might look into the the yeah. the, uh, the V2 gear, which has got the suspension. And I flew that flex jet, and I put her into. I've I've done two grass field landings now. One was one was I was a little too off center, and I misjudged. And the other, and I came in. And I hit a cross. We were into a crosswind, and I tried to do a little correction, and it dipped a wing, so I just kind of leveled it off, and I landed in the field, and was really impressed just how much shock absorption, how much of a difference that makes to the aircraft versus the. Um, but I tell you, uh, you know, like with the shock, you can take yeah. the grass, but the yak really taught me to come in. I've, I've I haven't had a lot of success with the triangle, you know, the tricycle gear landing, and the yak has made me really focus yeah. in bringing it in smooth. But I, I, um, 
I should release a video. I haven't done it yet. And it's called Yak Gets Dirty. And boy, I was bad. I was just <laughs> this, 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 this numb mental state where I was like, whoops, I know exactly what I did. And I was coming in for approach and you've seen the video. I'm coming in for approach. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm not satisfied with this. I've got a camera on the plane, which is probably the worst thing you can do on a small EDF. And I turned yeah. and I boarded my landing and I turned and I turned to the wind. So one, I'm turning very sharp. Two, speed is down. Three, gear is down. Four, full flaps. And I put that poor plane into such a terrible stall. <laughs> flaps up, firewalled it. And I put her through two trees, like just, and and then I did land. I landed off the field and that's when I wrinkled the gear. So I had to strip it all apart, uh, foam tack the covers back in and everything. It was a really good, really, yeah. really, really, really good. Um, uh, K, yeah, uh, you definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. You definitely notice with jets that you need to fly them into the like fly them into the ground is is the best way to say it. Yeah. But you definitely need to keep some airspeed up and just make sure that that flare is right at the last minute. To yeah. Get the nose wheel off. And, yeah. And just general, but uh, yeah, it's um, uh, I think uh, Freewing with their Hawk with the BAE Hawk with the Red Arrows one. Yes. They had the replacement hop up hop up gear, so yes. you could change the yeah. landing gear, and that was a massive change. I've seen one of them at the at my club, and and also the um, P thirty eight Lightning, which I've um. I've had for a while now, but I've had the original gear, and I'm going to put the uh, the better or the upgraded suspension on that as well. And um, yeah, just that tiny little change. There's not much weight there either. It's a little bit, but with an EDF, you know, you're sort of flying for two and a half, three minutes anyway. So a little bit more weight's not going to hurt the uh, yeah. the performance yeah. too much. Yeah, my free wing's got the suspension um, mod as well, so I look forward to flying that one very soon too. I've not actually taken that. That one's due for its maiden. So, uh, and I was so close on my A10, and I had an ESC let go on the ground. Uh, I actually have, I have my ESCs here with me right now. My, uh, I passed them off to my dad, and he did the swap. So they're going from 70 mil, uh, 70 amp. Uh, what are those predators? And these are the Skywalkers from Hobbywing. Yeah. These are the 80s, and I've got the controller coming card coming in. But anyhow, it looks like wet weather, so I'll stuff them into the. The, t the A10 again and uh, get that thing going and I change it over to an XT90. So uh, there's another aircraft I'm super excited. Now, uh, when I flew the Flex, I was stunned at the video as how much space that plane covers in a very short time. And I've got some friends who fly the Flex jet as well yeah. and, and just said, uh, and they were stunned to say, you know, man, you're covering a lot of ground. You know, you can fly it in tighter. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. On the 40, when the 40C packs, I feel like I need to give that plane a little bit. I get it. I have to keep this power up, and I, I don't have the. I don't feel like I've got the power with the batteries I fly. But what I want to do is I want to take that plane out, and I want to fly with all three batteries I have. So I have the, the yeah. the six S thirty three hundreds sixty C, then the forty fives which are forty C, and then the sixty twos which I've flown and proven which are only forty. And I feel like on takeoff. With the forties, I really got to run it out. I got to use the full run, the full yeah. strip. So, ah, uh, so it's yeah. it sounds like I need some five thousand sixty Cs. Eh, I don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Decker just asked which one, the C one thirty or the E flight EC fifteen hundred. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tad biased. I know. But the. Uh, I know. But the. I would say if you were to compare the EC1500 with the Bushmill, that's a better comparison. Yeah. Um, 
the they're, they're different, completely different aeroplanes. Like you're looking at the C-130 is extremely scale and it's a bit heavier than the, the EC-1500. And um, yeah, I, I would say the 15, the C-130 sits in its own class, Bill. I would say that you keep that there and you and you treasure it. <laughs> uh, I would say, I would say to compare the two, I mean, the EC-1500 doesn't have retracts. The EC-1500 is set up to be more a, com a, a competitor with the Bushmule. Um, yeah, the, the, the Bushmule itself, we were, Ian and myself were working on a version two, and I know that that's, that that was in the cards when I was there, so mm -hmm. sorry to leak that. Bobby <laughs> King, oops, my bad. <laughs> 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 Didn't even think about that, but whoops. No, it's, um, but I mean, like version twos are always going to come, like the Tundra version two will definitely come and, and all that sort of stuff. So the progression with new products and new technology will yeah. always bring out new models that are successful. So there's no leak there. It's just, uh, it's going to happen, I, I guess. But no, definitely the C-130 is, is an awesome aeroplane. And I remember when uh, we spoke about this a while back, when the C-130 was released, and when we first saw the C-130, we all fell in love with that aeroplane. If you're an aeroplane, you know, fanatic yeah. and, and you love it, your scale warbirds or scale aircraft and that thing is just sensational sure it had its issues and sure it's you know people are gonna you know you know it's four engines and it's a it's a heavier airplane but in comparison you can't compare the two it's it's not yeah. apples with apples there it's apples and oranges but definitely the bush mule and the ec-1500 you can compare them you know like i said no retracts on the ec-1500 less weight it's a different foam structure it's a lighter weight altogether and it also has those the same functionality or the same sort of um, features as the Bushmill. So you're, you're looking at, there would be my comparison, Bill. Interesting. And which one would be better? That's behind the EC1500, but for more reports, it's it's pretty pretty decent setup. It's got, you know, the full range flaps, aileron set up on the wing. I mean, I'm not too keen on making a, a twin 3D. That that's, uh, doesn't no interest whatsoever but you know for guys that want to have fun i mean the bush mule is all about i remember we used to fly the the pants off those things so i can definitely understand what you want to do with the ec 1500 and it does look really cool i saw yeah. you know ryan and mike they were flying their 1500 and flew extremely well and a lot of fun so yeah, it was good it's good i kind of wonder how like I, I for me when i look at a plane like that I, the first thing i think of is how well will this thing do in the winter you know would it you know, is it going to be neat on skis? It probably will. Um, I admit it's high on my, maybe might happen. It comes with floats. Yeah. yeah. It comes with floats. So you could, yep. you know, totally. uh, does it, does it come with, are there skis in the pack? With, I, with the, I don't with the model remember, itself? but I mean, I've got enough skis kicking yeah. around in this from my various aircraft, but uh, it's definitely something yeah. I, I look into, uh, you know, the, the lower gear stance, who knows? I mean, you're going to be plowing through the snow where the bushmill was a little higher off yeah. the ground and could deal with that. But there was always the front nose. I mean, I cracked more skis uh, on my sky. Yeah. But my buddy CNC'd me a bit. and all. So there's just so many ways to do it. So, uh, And uh, a couple of people were asking about the MiG-17 and people have flown it and everything. That is another one. Uh, again, some little issues, but damn, big 90 mil. Um, it's funny that... Oh, uh, it's... um, Yeah. I was saying, for me, the the next thing I'm looking for, if I do another jet, I've got quite a few in the fleet already, and we'll talk about the one behind yeah. me, too, that I've just finished. Um, I, I definitely want an 80. I want to try the 80 mil, because then I'll have the 70s and the 80s and the 90. So, Yeah. Well, the 80 mil, I've got 
the original, oh, not, I don't know if it was the original 80 mil, but it was one of the originals, was the F86 Sabre mm, from Freewing. Yes. Um, and I have over 200 flights on that aeroplane. The original running gear, the original landing gear, and we fly off grass. And that thing is, I've heard a few people at the club have had them and said, oh, no, it's a terrible plane. Um, but I don't know. I've had that, that, that dialed up, and it, it is a, it's a, a favourite. I, I think that was their benchmark for a long time and still is. Yeah. That F eighty six is just superb. It's you know light foam, plenty of power out of the out of the eighty mil on six S. Battery space is a bit limited. You know you're sort of down to a four thousand. You might be able to squeeze a, small, a bigger little bit battery, you know, bigger battery in there depending on the build. But that is a really really nice jet. So if anyone wants to get into a, you know other than the Avanti, mm-hmm. if you want to get into a scale jet, then it'd be the F eighty six or the um, L thirty nine. I've also got the Mig twenty one, which I've had two of. Um, one went through a fence. It was my dad's fault. It was my dad's fault. Hundred percent. It was my dad's fault. <laughs> but that went through a fence, and we found the motor probably fifty meters away from the actual crash site, which is which is pretty funny. And another one in the box, which I've got to put together. Uh, but that is uh, that's the Mig Twenty One is just a cool looking jet. It just looks fast on the ground. So, and Victor, I know you've got one and you love it, and you keep teasing me about it because every time you say it's two years old and stuff, and just you know whatever. Thanks, Victor. It's funny because I look at the Jets and I, as much as I thought about the uh, uh, the Avanti, I went with the Hawk. Well, one for price and just learning Jets and everything. But yeah, that's but that's what drew me to the L thirty nine and and like and, and I can't fall in love with the modern Jets now. That F eighteen uh, yeah. the and the the free wing F eighteen because I would totally do it up like an RC like the Canada one fifty one that was there uh, from the the graphic job from Cali. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was just. Yeah gorgeous and like that that scheme is beautiful but i get the same effect out of the uh out of the hawk and and the yak so i it's you know that yeah. that particular jet um and i just i just find the the vintage uh, i guess vintage is the right word now but some of the vintage planes yeah. are just amazing so um it's just I, talking about 80 mil the fms mm-hmm. hawk that that is unbelievable that jet that's probably my next edf if i'm going to buy one mm-hmm. that airplane I've, I've seen a few at my club and i'm just like yeah, that is a good looking airplane it flies really well yeah um very yeah I, i'd say it's a bit better than the freewing one but a different airplane again is 70 millimeter in comparison to 80 millimeter so it's a different airplane yeah. but if you were to compare the two then and, and, and you know if you if you wanted to do it that way i'd definitely lean towards the fms one it's just a little bit better and yeah you know, it's got that anniversary tail, which I'm not fond of. I'd rather just the standard one. But it's um, the way that that thing flies. And Avantis and all that sort of stuff, and even the Futura, is all based off a of Hawk anyway. When you look at the wing platform yes. and the fuse and everything. Yeah. Yeah, the silhouettes, you could, you could basically say it's a sports jet of a Hawk. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what that's what drew me. That's what I love about that L thirty nine because we we know yeah. what they did yeah. with our chats with Alpha and they basically put the Avanti power system, which is proven itself, and stuffed it into that. And and I love you know like the 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 the, uh, the red white and blue one was gorgeous, but that Russian scheme it, it really. But what kills me is that leap between the seventy mil price wise to the eighty is just wow. And then obviously when you get to the ninety, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I know what I paid for the flex jet, which, um, which is a premium jet. Yeah. If you know, and 
you know, I, for me, the, I, I was never happy with some of the uh, the QC stuff on it that I had with my particular jet. But the, the Mamba, yeah. you know, is, is stunning. But I, I don't know. I, I've, I've really, I'm really happy that I've had the opportunity to fly the jets into the fall. And I'm going to keep going until the weather goes. And then I'll switch over to my winter flying. Um, um, yeah. But it's just, it's just really nice. And full credit to that FMS Yak for relaxing me because, you know, my, my previous EDF experiences were two terrifying first flights with a 90 mil, right? Putting the, the flex in the air. Yeah. And this thing relaxed the heck out of me and I've just enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the 70s eventually. And, and uh, behind me, if anybody can see, is a, um, <laughs> I'll lean over. I know, I know, but it was, I traded for it. My buddy had had a, had a whoopsie and, and smacked up his Dynam 62, ME 626 and uh, 262. Uh, yeah. I've got a, I've got a really, really funny story about diet. This is hilarious. Actually, this, this, this made my, probably the funniest joke I've ever heard at, a, at an RC club uh, was in, Ian was uh, actually flying the um, MiG 17 at our club and doing a, uh, uh, the, the video for the production of it. And one of our members walked up to Ian and said, oh, Ian, is that, is that Dynam? And Ian, oh, I've never, Ian's face, it was the funniest thing I have ever heard. And Ian's just, the look on Ian's face was just, and then Ian pulled me aside later on and goes, is he for real? Like this guy. And then I was back to the member, he's like, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> we just having a little bit of a chuckle, but it was very funny. Uh, I know. Anyway. I know. And it's only my second Dynam in my fleet, but... It was one of those, uh, you know, unicorn planes where it's like I, I'll try it out. I got a I got a wicked deal on it. Did a small trade, yep. and uh, I guess he pancaked it in. But a uh, foam tack works really well on the on the Dynam foam, and it came back together really yeah. quick. Uh, it's only a 4S plane, so I'm going to use a yep. couple of my ES, uh, a couple of my 3300 packs to, to strap together for now, and then we'll go from there. And I'll try it out if the winds are good on Saturday or Sunday. I'll put it up and try, oh, and I'll and I'll go from there. But I, I but you must everything I hear is you must admit. they're really good gliding planes. They got a good slope on them. <laughs> yeah, but all of Dynam airplanes, uh, like there's you know they've got a bit of a bad name, but all their their, their their airframes are perfect. Like if you have a look at their from their, I mean their earlier stuff is we won't count that, but you look at some of their later stuff, and with the electronics aside, the airplanes, the airframes are pretty good. Yeah, so. Yeah, as, I mean, like I've the, the Messerschmitt 110, which I've had for a while but not flown. It's just sat there and I've gone to rebuild it. And But my aeroplane from Dynam is the Gloucester Meteor oh. because that aeroplane is just damn amazing looking. I, I, I mean, a lot of people say the 262 is nice and it does this and that, but the, the Gloucester Meteor just looks tough. It just looks like a, a you know, stumpy winged, you know. Yeah. But in saying that, it's it's fairly expensive for the for the model and the electronics you know you're going to have to throw out and replace. Yeah, you know, you know your retracts might not work out of the box. The fans are going to sound pretty annoying and and you're going to have to fix them and ESCs probably won't work and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. but I mean like, but as far as the airplane goes, when when I actually when I was at Hobby King, we had the Gloucester Meteoras on the list to get built, and Dynam released it. And so I scratched it and didn't build it because I saw the images and went like they've, they've nailed the scale like it, it's fantastic like the you know the 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 outline of the airframe was perfect it looked really good they've done a good job with the nacelles considering they can't be scaled because they're you know an EDF yeah and then they released it and I was like ah oh, 
they're dining it, you know, like, wow, what have they done? But anyway, um, so in, in a way, I wish I would, you know, would have kept going with it, but it's, um, it's one of those things. But I do want to get my hands on one. So if anyone in Australia wants to sell one, let me know. Um, yeah. And, um, and obviously, you know, do what, you know, other guys have done and, and put, you know, better electronics and then get it to fly properly. So that's, that, um, well, that's, 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 you that's know, that, my goal and intention with the, the 66 six. I'll put in either. It's only got a fan 70 mil, uh, five, five blade. I've got six and I can put a 12 in if I want. Yeah. And just over time, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'll fly it and I'll go from there and then I'll patch up the scratch marks and stuff like this and just enjoy it. Right. Um, yeah. it'll let me know if I want. But, and it was interesting cause I had a conversation with someone else from the field who's got the free wing and they're saying like, this thing doesn't need yours. Doesn't need flaps. It comes in so nice. The free wing wing, you got to bring it in hot. And, uh, the biggest thing I was warned about yeah, was make sure a... the ESCs were in sync all the time. Otherwise you'll put her into a death. Spray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a twin-engine airplane, like a twin-engine ADF. Like I've seen the um, SU-30 from, yeah, the SU-30 or the 27 or whatever you want to call it, from Freewing, and I've seen that come in on one engine and it doesn't come in on one engine. It comes in hard towards the ground, <laughs> really hard. And um, there was actually a funny, uh, I think uh, we spoke about this before with, with Ian, he had about four or five of these things and every time I saw him, he was like, no, nah, I've just rebuilt it. I've repainted it and it was just a new airframe. He had so many of them. <laughs> He's he's he smacked something in the ground. It was hilarious, but uh, that was a running joke with the with the free wing SU twenty thirty. Let's say it's sort of thirty. So, sorry, I'm just reading some of the comments. Yeah, me too. Me too. So Rick Collins yeah, says, just... "Are you saying I can't? I shouldn't get into jets because they get expensive?" Yes and no. Jets can go off the. Yeah, it's funny. Like, the jets. The problem. Uh, not a problem with the jets because when you fly them, they are freaking rewarding as hell. I mean, it's just just it's three minutes of terror. But the problem is, you need the batteries, you need the chargers, yeah, all that stuff yeah. has to be stepped up. 6S is just mind-boggling expensive for what they are. Um, yeah. And and like the first thing that you, no, no, you're right. You you do need to step. A lot of guys. I've seen a few guys on on Facebook chats and stuff like that talking about they've crashed their new F18 and that sort of stuff. But it's their third airplane or something like that. Mm. And these guys are flying way outside of their limits. And I'm not talking about stuff that, that happens, you know, like, I mean, crashes happen and airplanes do, yes. you know, do not function the way that you want it to. But I've seen a lot go in and the the, the havoc and, and I've just noticed recently there's been a lot of EDF crashes. Yeah. And, and I would put it down to a couple of things. But the biggest thing I'll put it down to is obviously – you know, you, you can't trust the people that manufacture these planes because it's like saying you trust someone who, you know, builds a new car. You've, you've got to have a responsibility where you set the aeroplane up to, you know, you, if you, what I'm trying to say, if you were to go and buy a brand new Cessna and you were going to fly a full-size aeroplane, you would check over that thing with a fine-tooth comb because you're going to fly it yourself and possibly kill yourself if you crash. And it's the same as with with, with a, a plug and fly airplane is that we rely on these factories and the companies to, you know, to make sure that these things are glued together, put together properly. We don't go over all the minute little things like the servos, and, and we should. And that comes with experience. And you see a lot of guys, you know, that are sure, you know, and I think I said this on one of the fa one of the Facebook chat sites was that sure, you know, like fast checks get, you know, they they get the girls, so you you want to be able to fly them. And, but you need to build up to it. So, you know, you got to learn to walk before you can run. And a lot of guys just go like F-14 Tomcat. I remember Top Gun. I'm going to go, and, <laughs> I'm going to go and get it and fly it. 
man, that thing is not a first EDF jet. No. Like you're gonna put it in. Yeah, it's gonna crack. You're gonna waste, you know, a lot, a of, lot money. of money. And you and you're gonna dent your pride and you're probably never gonna want to fly a jet again. So we need to understand that you you need to work up with these things and that, and that comes with the, the cost of the product as well. Like you don't want to go and spend an outlay a lot of money on an airplane which is not going to come back. So you build up to these airplanes. Like someone put up there, uh, Rick Collins put up there about the flight test Vigan. Mm-hmm. Gee, you've and, got one. Yeah, hey, I do. And that's a perfect example of a beginner EDF. You know, extremely light wing loading, flies very well different type of powers you know you can run it on 4s so it's cheap but then you can put it on 6s later on and you can change the fan out whatever you want to do yeah. so there's options there as well but definitely work your way up to yeah. buying an f18 or a, a, even a mix 17 or Dur- the, you know you know what the durafly vampire beautiful well-mannered oh, and, and that is 4s that's a 4s jet you know yep, and yep. start there. That, there, that, there there are some 3s jets but i don't think you get the opportunity to fly them correctly no, that that no, you're right. You're 100 percent right. That and that air that airframe has been around for a long time. I remember um, when Scott was a hobby king. That, that's how long ago that was. And that airplane has been through some you know reincarnations with the different schemes. But the the original one, it, and it goes when you build it properly and and straight, because you need to remember that you've got you know flying surfaces that are all glued together. But once you have that, that thing set up. It is amazing to fly. You can fly that so slow, yeah. and the wing loading is so light. Um, and I've seen a few at the club fly, and guys are like, oh, this is a horrendous aeroplane to fly. It's like you set it up right, and it is perfect. Yeah. It is, and that, that with, with all the RC planes, but that one in particular, you're right. That the Vampire is, you, you know, I've seen that thing on 6S with a three, you know, 3300 <laughs> screaming around the sky, and then the wings just you know, going, I've oh my it, god. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll find it with, a, with an 1800 4S yeah. because it was the only pack light. Actually, I put, it, I put it in by mistake. And I flew it, and it was so slow. And you, you know, like it was unbelievable how slow you can make that thing fly. So, yeah, definitely a, a nice um, – yeah, and it is still – someone just asked, the vampire. Yeah, it's been going for a long time, and no doubt the guys at HK and, and we'll, we'll definitely bring it back out or, you know, have new – you know, designs and changes on that airplane because it is a very, very, you know, it's a, it's, it's been a very successful airplane for them. So it will continue to, to evolve. Yep. Yep. I could, uh, there are someone, s- sorry. No, someone's brought up the arrows. I think the arrows jet, maybe mm-hmm. Victor said something about the arrows jet. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The Marlin, the RC Marlin, that's a 64 mil jet, isn't it? Yes, the it new is. one. Yes, it or is. new, new sort of one, and and that's just another um, Avanti or Futura. Yeah, it's just a smaller version of that. So you know the the big ninety mil Avanti or the, the turbine Avantis all fly well. So yeah, yeah, they'll simple sixty four fly well down to fifty mil. Yeah, simple sixty four millimeter jet. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just. There are many ways to come in. Even even those uh, the, the smaller ones from Freewing. Uh, the uh, well, okay. The uh, what was it? The uh, the the fifty one. The 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 P fifteen. Sorry, the P fifteen is really good, stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that a wing. A nice it's airplane. a wing. It's an EDF wing. It's I, it's nice. Um, you know, I packed mine in. Because they did but, the fifty mil. They did a fifty mil Thunderjet as well, didn't they? Like no, not a Thunderjet. A um. Thunder Chief. Yeah, 64, 64 millimeter. Uh, and good, but 
limited on its reflexes, that- limited on its control reflexes, but uh, it was pretty decent. So. <laughs> Someone. So I just got a note through the door. Oh yeah, my dad wants me to talk about the Skyhawks. Skyhawk. <laughs> Go away, Barry. Well. <laughs> yeah. So. I had I had the eighty mil Skyhawks from Freewing. Okay. Um, one of one of my club members put two in, so he crashed two, and um, I've paid one hundred and fifty dollars Australian for both of them. Ah. <laughs> and which is worth around about thirteen dollars US. <laughs> um, You're on Canadian money par there, yeah. God. And um, yeah, so we, uh, my dad and myself are rebuilding two of them at the moment. So I've got one in uh, Royal New Zealand Air Force color scheme and Australian Navy color scheme. So it's, um, yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. So, uh, talking with the RC geek, Chris over there, Chris Wolf, yes. he's helped us out with oh, some bits and pieces and some information that, that he's, you know, some knowledge from him flying the, uh, the Skyhawk. So we're, um, we're nearly ready to apply some paint and I've got the decals from Cali graphics, shout out to Cali graphics. She's amazing. And those um, the, the the register on the decals and the quality of the of the, the decals is fantastic, or decals or whatever you want to call. Them. Um, yeah, but that's that's a project we've been working on for a while, and I think I showed you some images of those skyhawks, yeah. and um, yeah, and uh, been a lot of fun, and uh, sort of rebuilding and repainting it. So it's been yeah, it's good. Interesting. Someone said, "I hate tossing aeroplanes." Now that new one from Hobby King, that that um, Flycat. <laughs> Oh, mate, that thing has some stupid power out of the box. Like I saw one of the guys fly that, and he's just sort of hand tossed one hand, and the thing just took off out of his hand. That that thing, I haven't flown one uh, myself. I, I've seen it. I guess the, I guess the advantage with, with an EDF, thing. it wouldn't torque roll, right? So you can actually do it, but it looks so big that yeah. throwing it with one hand must be just so looks- cumbersome. It looks ridiculous. It's massive, but I've seen guys have modified the the wheel wells underneath because originally it it um, well it has got the pockets for the landing gear mm-hmm. if you wanted to put retracts, and I've seen guys modify that and put some grip tape inside yeah. that uh, the hole yeah. the landing gear so you can hand launch it and throw it, yeah. um, which will work. And but that is like you said, it's a meter wingspan or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. It's a very big aeroplane to, to hand launch, but it does it perfectly. Yeah. Um, I've seen a guy try and take it off the grass. That was very unsuccessful. <laughs> Tried to um, rotate off the ground, covered up the cheetah hole with some tape. Oh, yeah? And slipped, yeah, it went along the ground. For, it just There's way too much suction. It just sticks <laughs> the aeroplane to the ground. So if you, want to, if you want to drive an EDF on the ground, I suggest you do that. Oh. So it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, really really nice stable airplane at all speed i mean yeah it's that's a cool jet too like a definitely a beginner jet um for sure that one yeah i I looked at yeah it's it's one of those ones that it's funny i've been so anti-shipping this in the last couple of weeks so i haven't really looked at i have like oh but i i have i the, the cardinal rule is i'm not allowed purchasing anything in september until closer to my birthday otherwise i get lynched <laughs> yeah but uh there, there's another point um uh, bill decker just said um it needs a, a bungee and that's a, that's a simple thing you can do mm. you can either do a high start or a bungee to, to launch your bungee, your jet bungee and then that EDF jet. Yeah. why don't you just do a full yeah it's like it'd be like doing a carrier launch man that would be so freaking yeah, wild yeah, we've got a, a, a guy that used to fly at our, at our club. Um, one of the one of the champions of EDF flying at our club. He's did it before it was cool, 
he used to, um, he had a little, um, it was, I think made by Alpha Models or something or you know, something like that anyway. It was uh, a little Skyhawk painted up in Israeli colours and he used to launch that thing with a bungee. And I'm sure the bungee was probably 10 times the amount of power that it needed. And the speed, the way this thing used to take off. Full wing flex. Outstanding. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And he used to just, yeah, a lot of fun. But yeah, the silver aeroplane in the background is... That, that, that's actually my dad's um, Tiger Moth. It's two-meter wingspan, made by Green's Models, and that thing is just, yeah, it's, it's it's coming along. It's been probably, I think it's been made for about, oh, I don't know, a few years now. Nice. It's been in and out of, but there's so much detail. I'll, I'll show you later, actually. The cockpit is just, it's it's well worth it to have a look what at kind it. Of, what kind of cool. power system is going to go into it? Uh, that'll be an electric 63 mil. It'll run on 6S with a big, you know, nice big prop on the front. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's um, a nice, plenty of wing area. It's it's huge, see, but the airplane's massive. See, that's if I had the capacity to get something like that to the field, that's what I would do. Completely stupid, but just gorgeous. Yeah. And it's not going to go fast, but it's going to be super big and beautiful to watch through the air. You know, I I love I yeah I, I love by wings. The only thing I need to change is my flying. Um, I need to understand that this thing does not go Mark <laughs> I, Two. I, I normally, oh, I don't have any limits. Like I'll, I'll fly, you know, a maiden flight. You know, my, my first thing I do in a maiden is do a roll to make sure everything's, <laughs> you know, complete, and then I'll fly it as fast and as hard as I can. And now I've, I've been, like for instance, the maiden on the L thirty nine. I took my time. You know, I made sure the landing gear worked, and yeah. you know, I I, I, I set it up properly, and then I flew, and then I landed, and I was all happy, and then. The next flight, you know, I still didn't push it too hard, and then and now I, I fly it like I stole it. Yeah. But the, well, it's because you're paying for your own before, planes now, right? <laughs> exactly. Before <laughs> it was it was it was chaos. We would just like get an airplane and you would fly it as hard as you can because you were you were trying to test out the airplane's ability. So you would push it as hard as you can. So you would make it do things like I remember when we first flew the Sky Sword. And I was flying it like a 3D plane. The fan kept popping off the front of the EDF. So that was, um, you know, often on the throttle so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that, the Sky Sword can do some amazing stuff. If you really throw it hard and really push it, you can do some, like, I've done the, the 90 mil one when we did the filming. It didn't make the video, but I did it like a Longevac at around about oh, 50 feet off the ground. And it recovered and slowly just pulled out and you could see the, the grass come off the exhaust and that sort of stuff. And it was like, yeah, that nearly went in. <laughs> but, um, and it was like a challenge because Toby was actually flying at the time. It was like a challenge to see which one could go in the hardest and who could make the biggest, biggest mess. <laughs> flight the hardest. Nice. Yeah. It was a lot of fun with that airplane. I remember that, that, that thing is just, you know, and I've still got one, which I've got to get back in the air again. I haven't flown for a while, but that, yeah, the sky sword. And I know that, that um, uh, yeah, some some of the guys have had the Sky Sword and flown them in the Diamond and and yeah, and you know from AF models and they've also flown the Sky Sword and it's um yeah all of them are fantastic at yeah. but it's a you love a paid at that airplane like it's we know how much Michael you know wanted a pink one and never actually got never, one no we never managed to get one to to him so yeah, yeah. poor Mike and his pink uh, his pink <laughs> planes. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, actually we uh, it was funny the other night uh, myself, Chris and Adam uh, and Mike were having a good old chat because we had spotted on the Hobby King new 
uh, a V2 B17 done in the colors that the uh, the Liberty Foundation are flying right now. Uh, old Publishers, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. same colors. Yeah. So Adam yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, drop a note to Hobby King, man. Tell them if they want to fly in the real thing, they know where to find you. So yeah, that that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, my cousin did a trip over the states, and uh, he's done it a couple of times. But he's he's flying and teased me. He's got a photo of him in the gun near the gun site and flying around the B-17, I'm just like, go away, don't change yeah, those photos. There's... But he's, um, yeah, he's had the opportunity to fly in a lot of planes and he's a, um, and you know, an aeroplane tragic and, you know, gets to go to a lot of different things and he's, you know, he's been to Russia for their Feder- 100th Federation air show or whatever it was and he's like, I'm just like, shh, go, go away. I miss the golden, uh, sorry, not the golden arrows. The red arrows were here in Ottawa, and I miss them because I was having a really bad day. I miss that show. Uh, uh, but one of our friends, Dave yeah, Rayner, yeah. he got he works at uh, he works security at uh, Pearson International in Toronto. He's got a shot where he's standing yeah, in front of yeah. the darn planes. I'm like, ah, but I'll, I'll like I said, <laughs> if the weather's good this weekend. I'll get the the uh, I'll get the hawk out, and I just got to set up my radio. That's the last thing I need to do. Put some rates in there so she's tame and, yeah. and go for it. Because now that I've flown this guy and that other one, and and yeah, I'll try meeting that one as well. There's, it's, I'm at, I'm I'm trying to not let my maidens, you know, wait a whole year after I've acquired the airplane. You know, I'm trying to yeah. be good and fly I've, the things I get. So, I've I've got the Black Horse Heinkel 111, the ah, you know the World War Two yeah. like the air the you know the the I'm I'm a, you know the Luftwaffe the the known stereotype bomber. Mm-hmm. I've got that airplane. I've had it for four years probably more <laughs> and it's been at that state of all i need to do is to solder up the connections to put the battery in and bolt it together and go and fly it and it's been sitting and sitting there and waiting and waiting, waiting and waiting. my dad reminds me that it's there and i'm just like yeah i know and it's and it's just sitting there it's everything's ready to go it's got everything's built and i'm all i need to do is just make it work and i'm like eventually it's on my list it's on my to-do list i sold planes I actually sold yes, three. I, I got rid of three yeah. airplanes last week, which was kind of weird. Uh, I wasn't. Two of them I was okay with. One I got for the trade for the um, uh, for for the ME, which was like cool. And then I got rid of uh, when the Mamba came in. I was like, well, this means mm-hmm. the old E flight, sorry, Park Zone uh, Sukhoi goes away. Uh, and I managed no, to sell yeah, that at a yeah, good price. Yeah. And then I was kind of. I was kind of unsure, but I said yeah, I got a good offer on the um, uh, the E Flight Commander. Love that airplane, but after I flew, no, yeah, yeah. honestly, after I flew the Mamba, I was like, okay, certain planes which take and the the, the Commander is a beautiful plane, but took up a considerable amount of space. I mean, basically, it's a fixed it's a fixed gear Spitfire, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, yeah. gorgeous, flew wonderful. Yeah, it uh, does. It has it's um. There was an airplane that that Hobby King did. Uh, uh, it was a balsa plane that okay. had a very similar wing to the to the commander and also the spitfire which was like a, that elliptical sort of style wing and it flew really i can't think of what it was estrella or something like i can't remember what it was called now but it was a balsa plane mm. and it flew so well slow speed handling was really good and the same as the commander i've seen that thing in you know yeah i mean i know it's got a gyro in it so it's a little bit a little bit cheating but it's um I've seen that thing fly and it flies really, really well. Yeah, it's, it was um, it was I, it was a wonderful I, airplane. But I, I mean, I flew it and I enjoyed it. And it was a you know I bought it because I liked it. But yeah. it, I, I like that Mamba. 
freaking impressed the hell out of me. And it's just, actually, yeah, yeah, I need yeah. to pick up some new batteries. I need to get some new 3S2200s because that Mamba likes good, powerful batteries. And I've got two or three. Yeah, yeah. And then my, my, can you run it on 4S? Uh, you can, but the motor apparently is the weak. will need to be upgraded. So I'm just going to kind of, th- oh, okay, you know what? It, okay. yeah, I wanted yeah. the 60. We talked about this. I wanted the 60. And I'm so happy that I got the 10 because it's a smaller form factor, fits in the car, Flies on those three S, yep, yep. but I I was running it on my my they got to be five years old now, my old A specs yeah. and I I took off and my buddy was gonna do chase and I took off and I was like, <laughs> oh this is leggy this is really bad and I'm like yeah. I'm like bring it in change the yeah pack. it's amazing yeah I did a um I had the E flight mule yeah M seven yeah um and I, I you know got that plane set it up took off. And instantly I was bored. And I just, uh, some planes do it for you and some don't. And this one in particular just didn't. And it was supposed to fly on 4S. And it was, you know, specced out to fly on 4S. And as soon as I went full throttle, the ESC went in, it just overheated and stopped working. I, um, you're not the first person to say that. Yeah. 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 And I was like, what the hell? I mean, the, the airplane itself, the, 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 the the uh, design and the fuselage and, and the wing and everything flew really well. Like, there was no no problems at all, and it settled down nice and did everything you needed to do. But the airplane itself just, you know, I don't know. I was very bored as soon as I took off, um, and it, it shouldn't. It, you know, it shouldn't. It, it does everything you need to do, but it was a very benign airplane. I just felt it, uh, the word vanilla come to mind. Um, and so it, I, yeah, I moved that, had I moved some that one up issues as well, yeah. right? It had some fit and finish issues. Yeah, 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 it did. I mean, like the hardware and stuff like that was a little bit meh. And um, you know, there, there were a few things that were, you know, could have been done for an airplane that was built, you know, two years ago. It, it, the technology just seemed old school. Mm. Um, you know, which is fine because it's a, you know, but you know, the the wing connectors and that sort of stuff, which every airplane needs to have, especially if you're going to take the wings off and on. Yeah. Especially in this day, like it's, it's all good to say, oh, you know, you you know, buy part, but they make life so much easier when you get when you need to take the wings off and on. And but I mean, it did come with a lot of things, like come with the skis and I mean, yeah. sorry, the floats, and yeah. you had some other options there. The lights are really good, and the package itself, the interior looked good. The battery hatch was really small, which is useless. Um, yeah, hey, at least it was top mounted. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is good. Like, un- unlike the timber, which is bottom mounted, which is very annoying. And I think that they should have changed that with the newer timbers, but they didn't. Yeah. But um, the um, yeah, but it um, actually, but it has that nice. I have it, and I have it. Go on, but I have a timber story for you as well. Oh, okay. And um, did the nose fall off it? I've seen it was configuration stuff. You'll enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, but the, the mule was sort of like one of those planes where, you know, it just didn't do it for me. So I moved it on, which is fine. And that, that made way for, and I'm talking about selling. I sold some balsa planes, which I never, you know, I try not to, but I got rid of a gas plane and I got, it was a cap. Oh, uh, yeah. great planes, yeah. cap 580, yeah. which is like the, yeah, the, the, the round pattern underneath and the, the colorful top. I sold that to one of my members and it had a gas motor and everything in it, which is cool. And the other one was a, a two meter Ryan or one point eight meter Ryan. Now I can't remember. It was a Black Horse Ryan. I moved that one on as well. So a couple of planes have left the hangar. No doubt a few more will join in. Uh, but talk about Flex Innovations. That RV8, I've got that, and that is a cool plane. Yeah, that, that is that's really, big. Really nice. That is a really that surprised me just how big yeah. that airplane was. And and 
like I said, I'm I'm happy they didn't have the sixty, the the Mamba sixty there because I would, yeah, yeah. I I saw, it, but they didn't have it for retail, uh, and I I would have picked that up. And then they have the the seventy, which is yeah, the yeah. build up one. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's got like I'm, yeah, no, and I'm like going, do I have the I have the servos and all this stuff? And they just they didn't have it there, but the color and everything, um, yeah. There's the flexes. No, that, that, Flex is doing well, and they had that, that weird hover vehicle that they just came out with. Yeah, but I think that was to no E Flight had that that you know VTOL whatever plane that was as well, which is kind of a gimmicky sort of thing. But I think I think it's one of those planes where you're uh, you know an RC guy and you want to just have fun and enjoy the hobby. That that's what they're about. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily a full on you know RC plane. They're they're more just to yeah you know put in the car. You're flying around. You have a bit of fun with it. It's similar to a Radian, like you know that thing. You know, you can just fly it and enjoy it. Yeah. So like it's yeah. It's not necessarily the best quality. It's not necessarily, but it's it functions and it does everything flying, you need yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, completely different. It's not, yeah. But it's... um. So then asking you a question then right now is what impresses you right here, right now? If you had, you know, money in your bur- in your hand to burn, what would Steve go out and buy today? Oh, mm. what, would I, what would I throw my money away on? Um... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was very excited that Hangar 9 were going to release the Japanese plane, and then when they released it, the size that it is, I was a bit Huge. like, hey, 88 you know, inches? Sort of 88 inch that, that fit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do like the Japanese planes, and I, I regret, I had, ESM was a, a company years ago that used to make um, composite airplanes, and I had the Oscar, no, the Raiden, which is the stumpy looking uh, Japanese plane. And I was hoping it was going to be something like that sort of would fit around, you know, the 20, 30 cc size, but it wasn't. It's, it's obviously a big airplane, which is fine. I mean, and, and yeah. mate, kudos to those guys to bring out an airplane that big and try and sell it. I mean, that that's a, a big risk. It's a big airplane. It's an expensive airplane. You know, your turnover isn't going to be great, but it's still, it's a very nice looking airplane. They've done an extremely well, you know, great job on the design. And when you see it fly, but um, it's, a, it's a big aeroplane and it's very expensive. So what would I buy? Um, I did buy the Hangar 9 Thunderbolt. The That was the newer version. I think it was the uh, Razorback. I've got that in the uh, oh. in the to-do list. Oh, that's not bad at all. And I, I did click the Buy Now button and bought the H-King uh beachcraft baron oh hey you know what uh if you give me a second i can Which... throw that up on the uh on the screen for people to look at because that is on one of our topics but i've got it right here hold on power technology there's steve there's andre uh-huh. and there is the h king beachcraft with serverless retracts yeah. which i i don't understand why they say serverless because it's the same principle it's a darn motor <laughs> But that's... I think yeah, I think I think it's yeah. The, the term serverless and you know servo retracts means that the you know they basically the servo operates the mechanism to then bring your yeah. gear up and down. So you need a separate servo to operate your retracts. So I think that's why they say serverless uh, retract. Hey, I'm actually going to I'm going to answer a really real quick question here. Rick Collins. Uh, ask any thoughts on making a wing all in uh, all in making. All-in-one connectors for scratch build planes. Rick, all I'm going to say this is go and find yourself some 6S balance cables. Cut those, solder those yeah, on, yeah. 
boom. That's what they're doing in the industry right now. It's simple, easy, and a really solid they, connection. It is a solid connection. It's similar to what the, the, the ribbon wires that would be used in, like the Avanti, for instance, yep. that has those ribbon connectors. Yep. Same sort of principle. Yeah. And they work really well. Um, to be honest, my own planes that I build, I don't use any sort of wing connectors. I'd rather have the servo lead connection straight from there to the uh, to the receiver as much as possible. Yep. So what I mean by that is to have the lead one lead without a connection going from the servo to the receiver. Sometimes that's impossible, but if you make your own servo leads, it's not. So if I've got an aeroplane that I really want to keep and I really want to enjoy it, then that's what I would do there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Wing connectors are okay, but it also leads to, you know, you have a connection on either side of the wing connector plus the wing connector. So you're looking at three joints there three joints that can fail yeah so it's corrosion it's and all that other jazz um, yeah you pull them in and out you pull you know how many times did you pull the wings off and on so every time you fly you might fly the plane 30 times a year for instance or yeah. whatever you, you you're going to cause some sort of fatigue or damage to that plug eventually yeah. so they're, they're not you know yeah but back onto the um the h king beechcraft baron i mean that, that's Look at a that thing. spectacular looking airplane I, I've always been interested in the airplane. Uh, VQ models did a version of it, and um, but that one there is uh, the color scheme is, is just neat. And I just saw it and went, I think I might have been drunk. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it's um, it's it's here now, and it's it's yeah, it's very nice looking airplane. The the, the build. Um, you know, it's not a high-speed performer. It's, no. You're not going to want to throw this thing too. You know, the, the tail surfaces aren't the strongest. It, um, you know, but in saying that, they don't need to be. It's not designed to be a, a, a rocket. It's designed to be a nice, you know, civilian aeroplane that flies. Um, not many of these, unless you're at an air show at Oshkosh, are going to do a loop or a roll. So these these aeroplanes are designed to do some, you know, some nice flying. Um and the undercarriage is pretty solid. The, the build itself is pretty solid. Um, would I have a gas engine in this aeroplane? Probably not. No. The vibration would probably shake, shake it to bits, but an electric setup with a dual setup, which, you know, less vibration and that sort of yep. stuff would be What kind perfect. of... Well, they, they're suggesting 800-watt motors, so what is that? Like a... Um... I've got the 42-millimeter SK3 motor, okay. which is... Gotcha. Yeah. Which is around about 700 kV, I think, yeah. and and that'll spin a you know that that's overpowered to be honest. 12, that, that'll probably 12 be. by seven prop. That seems huge for this thing. But if you got the room, yeah. I guess. Well, it's a six inch prop yeah. top to deck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Three blader. It's, it's a lot. Better. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna run uh, master air screws. Yes. Just counter ice. Yeah. Um, yep. And um, yeah, just everything else will be just you know. Standard size servos, so yeah, it's a, but it's not a cheap model, and it's not, you know, the setup's going to be fairly, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a. But in saying that, the, go back to the balsa kits, the Hangar Nine model mm. that I got the mm-hmm. the Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. I thousand dollar plane put, easily, right? When you set it up, yeah, it is, yeah, but I would not run a gas motor in that plane. No. That if that airframe would just be shaken to bits, yeah. like I don't like the airframe. It's not. It's built very light. It's very lightweight. Yeah. Um, so an electric setup is perfect. Nice. Sure, you can run a gas motor in it, but you'd have to run over every single joint and every single, you know, you'd have to re-glue everything again. 
I, I wouldn't be confident to fly it on a gas motor, to be honest. Um, I would fly that on electric setup and, you know, less vibration. I mean, gas motors are pretty, you know, they can shake the, the airframe <laughs> a, a fair amount, startups. And, and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, probably, you know, say that that's not the case and, you know, hanging on models are perfect and they're designed for gas motors. But that one there in particular, that Thunderbolt, if you were going to put a gas motor in it, you would have to go over the whole airframe. It's very, very lightweight and even reinforce certain bits and pieces. But yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's an expensive model and the models are expensive. Yes. Now. There's no cheap. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you look at foam, like the RV8, I think is, what's that, 600 US? At the I moment? think so. Somewhere I think around. so. And it was, it, yeah, it was on the outer curve. Well, even my flex jet was on the outer edge of what I was comfortable with bringing back, right? But that... That, that RV-8 is massive. Like, it's a big lump of foam. Like, it's a really big... Like, I've got the T-28, mm -hmm. the E-Flight one, and they're roughly the same size. But that just so big. It's just massive. And hangar rash, you, you, just you know, you're walking... It, yep. oh, you move it around. It's just like, oh, I'm going to hit a doorway. I'm going to do this. It's just a really big airplane. It's a big chunk of foam. But it flies perfect. And then um, from Hobby King, something that caught us off guard almost was that Cessna, that TTX EPO. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's funny because I actually had an opportunity. I was I was online and I mentioned something and Toby had come back to with a response. And I said, hey, well, I've got yeah. you here. Why is this air? Sorry, I whacked my microphone. Why is this plane not a Durafly? This this should have been a Durafly. And he told me he says from a QC quality, it was very close. Obviously, it wasn't developed in house, yeah, yeah. but he said the color code between yeah. the uh, the plastic cowling and the foam was off just enough that they didn't want it. That it wasn't worthy of being a Durafly. But talk about that would have been a gorgeous Durafly as far as so I was concerned. Yeah, but with, with Avios and Durafly, the way that that works and always has worked, if there's another manufacturer who would be able to sell that product somewhere else, then they Boom. don't. Okay, uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they won't. it's yeah. gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's um, true. Sky Sword is a perfect example of, of that product. So basically, yeah, H-King. But in saying that, H-King's quality has is, is definitely risen. Mm -hmm. Ian really took that brand to the next level. It, it was, it was um, a mediocre brand and it was sort of yeah it worked and the functionality and price was right but then ian sort of um really boosted that product up he he turned h king around like it was you know it was and you could nearly say that the product or you could say that the product is com is compared with durafly in quality very cool they're, they're, they're not that far behind it yeah and it, it's it's a, a testament to ian's work with h king for sure because he um he did a lot of work trying to get that print to, to work well. And, um, and, and, and it had some roadblocks there as well. Like there's, it's hard with the Chinese market. So you've, you've, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, there was an airplane which, um, which they brought out the Cessna. It was called the, I think it had written 188 on the top of the wing, which is a different model altogether, Cessna. So the 188 is the, um, uh, it's like an, an ag flyer, agricultural mm. flyer, the 188. Okay. And their 188 was it was the 182. So then they fixed the stickers and fixed it. <clears throat> excuse me. They fixed the sticker on it and turned it into a 182. Um, so yeah, very challenging, you know. With with but Ian's done a, a great job with that range and that airplane there flies really really well. It's it's you know light wing loading, under, you know a, a meter wingspan. So it's a decent size it looks airplane. Gorgeous. I think it's a meter. It's a 1100 mil. Yeah, and it's gorgeous looking. 11 and it's. 
and the color scheme, the color palette there is perfect. Like that green and black with the silver in between it. It's a it's a really nice, really nice blend, and um, they've done a really good Surprised job. Surprised me that it's a thirteen hundred, really but that's probably why it didn't really qualify as a Duraflop. But still, gorgeous airplane. Really, yeah. really impressed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even um, I know there was a few of these that were coming through this smaller civilian style of airplane, which um, we which we were you know I helped him you know we worked together on back. In and um, some still some nice aeroplanes to come through from Hobby King. So uh, that one did sneak up on, I think it snuck up on Ian as well. But it was, um, yeah, that, that's a nice, very nice looking aeroplane for sure. Yeah. So, and I'm just showing, uh, I'm showing yeah. real quickly the, uh, earlier we were talking about uh, the, uh, the KI-43 Oscar 88-inch wingspan monster airplane, yeah. you know. that's... And and, I, and I've got some big aeroplanes. Don't get me wrong, and, and, and you know, but it's, um, you know, if you were to compare that with the price of Seagull, for instance, um, yeah, or, or you know, there's a huge price difference. Like that, um, the Fokker D7 that they brought out, mm -hmm. which was, yeah, like like a very very nice aeroplane and flew beautifully, and you could set that up on anything you wanted to. You know, gas or electric or any of that sort of stuff. But it, it was a fantastic, very big aeroplane, very you know, extremely well designed. Flew, you know, to every envelope you could push through it. And it um, yeah. But that aeroplane there, like the Japanese, that that I don't know. Some you love or hate the Japanese. The Axis aeroplanes don't sell as well as the the Allied aircraft. Yeah. So you really need to pick your market there. But that aeroplane there is, it just looks. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It just looks mean. Yeah. It looks looks fast, and it's a very attractive airplane. The color scheme, I didn't think that they would go with that color scheme because it is a very um, it's a unique color scheme. Good, um, and it um, yeah, but it it really shows up well, like in the videos and stuff. The way that, the way that thing flies is is very neat. But yeah, an expensive model, but that they all are. That that's what you pay for. So yeah, it's um. But back onto what I would buy. Yeah. We'll go back full full circle. Yeah. What what I would buy? My next EDF would definitely be the FMS Hawk. I've seen that thing fly, and I'm just uh, I think that's a very nice looking airplane, cool. and it flies really well. So my next EDF will be that. Uh, my next gas plane, don't know, no idea. For talking gas, we've got no idea. But the next Balsa plane will probably be the. Well, I've got the Yak 3 um, Steadfast from Seagull, so that will probably be the next one on the list. Um, but in between that, I've also got a multiplex twin star. Yes, sir. I saw <laughs> photos of that and I laughed. Wow, what a find. So my my youngest boy said I want because he was flying a drone, he said, I want to fly an airplane. So I said, okay, let's put it together because I've had it in the box for a while. And... Um, yeah, let, let's put it together. So I'm starting to put it together and realize that it's got old brushless motors and not sorry, old brush motors. So we'll <laughs> update that to brushless motors and we'll set it up and, and get him to fly it. And I've seen another one fly at the club and they fly really, really well. Yes. Also, yeah. it'll be a good learner. So. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, but there's there's definitely a lot. There's been a lot to come through in the last um, sort of six months since i've been you know six or so months since i've been away from the hobby from the industry there's been a lot of new products come through which has been fantastic like um you know everyone's been busy or the manufacturers have been busy i mean hobby kings popped out models left right and center mm -hmm. and um you know 
uh, Motion RC has been very active and very busy. It's been good to see. Yeah, yeah. And E-Flight. Yeah. And E-Flight has been... E-Flight's just out of control. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, they've got... And, and some... And some really, some really cool products, like different products. You know, like their their Phantom is amazing. I, I've seen that and seen it fly, and I was just, you know, in comparison to the Freewing one, the Freewing's probably more detailed and bigger and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, but for how is that one the track? Do you find the gray a little too light? That's my I I I I, uh, I, I don't have a love span for gray. <laughs> I'm I'm colorblind, so everything's gray. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you when you fly, I don't know, like I've I've, I've flown down to the you know a small rifle, which was a you know an extremely fast airplane to a yeah to to some of the bigger EDFs and and actually the the MiG seventeen, which was a bit of a challenge when we first flew that. I remember when Ian first flew it, and that camouflage sort of got him because it was the wrong way around, and he was like, oh well, and then he was like, no, I'm back. <laughs> so he. Our orientation was a little bit, you know, but um, yeah, the we've got mountains and at, at our field that sort of when you fly really low and fast, if you've got a camouflaged aeroplane, it just blends into the yes. hills and you're kind of like, yes. oh, now it's gone. And then it pops back up again. You're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> we got the trees when I come uh, in for final and, and I, I lost the commander in yep, the fall because yep. the canopy is all red, right? The the, the tree can't, background's all red and the commander literally went, gone and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on final yeah, yeah. Yeah. but um what um build deck a giant scale yeah I've, I've got a big red baron well uh, red baron a fucker triplane where is it in the shed somewhere yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's um it's uh there's there's plenty there's probably about another 50 airplanes in front of that when i finally get to do it um the uh, Tiger Moth is sort of needs to get done first. Yeah. That that's um, and then that is. I'll show you. Show you the Tiger Moth. It's 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 it needs to do some justice. So I'll just pull some parts away here so I can get to it. Now the seats are sort of things are falling off. It. I'm going to do this. I'll be back. Oh, oh no! <laughs> now you're committed. I've lost my sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh, it. look at that thing. That is gorgeous. So, again, what's the manufacturer so for that? That's, uh, this was made by Green uh, Greens Models. Okay, look at so so. And I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna pair gonna I, go along with the audio end of it too. So this thing is a huge wingspan. And I'll meter. just uh, uh, if I can just get it in there. Yep. There you oh, go. Look at the detail. Look at that. Are you do? Are, will the control surfaces react like the joystick? The control joystick? No. Too much effort. No, no, no. It's keeping no, it simple. It's, um, yeah, no. It's oh. it's um just to keep it. It's huge. Like it's ridiculous, I, and it's taken a long time to, to to pull it apart and to. Hang on a second. I've just got to swing it around so I don't hear anything. Yeah, and it is. Wow. Yeah, it's and you can see up the top here. It's got. If I turn it this way. It's got all the fuel lines and everything and that sort of stuff, which is which is Details. yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very cool, and I'm just going to um, lean over again if I can not break anything. That's huge. And I'll bring my microphone in because I just pulled my microphone off the desk. That was that big bang that you heard. Ah. There we go. We're back. Oh, that looks gorgeous. You um, know what? So so something like that would probably convince me that I want to do, you know, balsa. 
you know, and, uh, and it's, uh, you know, just look at that. <laughs> look at that, the wings. So the, that's interesting. So for those who can't see this, because they're they're listening to the podcast, so the wings Steve has. So the wings are it's a two meter plane. So the wings are in half, but the upper half and the lower half are joined together still. So yeah. So there's there's sorry, I just had a, a massive crash in my microphone. So that's the um, so there's two there's two wings and it's joint in the center. Okay, and. You probably can't see it in there, well, but if do. you seen it, and just in there, how am I going to do this? I might just have to swing it around so you can't see me for a second. And if I swing that part, yeah, I see the, I see all the, the, the cable rigging and everything. Yeah, and on there is a an actual functioning airspeed indicator. Oh, cool. Then if you can if you can see that on top of that, yeah, just in there, and it actually works. So it actually functions huh. as a true airspeed Look at that. indicator. Just so that's, a little, little so that's, catch um, in the wind, and it just moves around. Oh, I see. So you've got some balls. Yeah. So you've got some wood attached to the wing, and you pull that off, and then slap the wings together on the, and it all joins. So it's like a three-piece wing. So the center on the fuselage has got the spars into it, and then the other two pieces join up. That, so that is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, so hang on a second. I'm just yep. moving out of the way. So yeah, there's a center section. Look at that. So that'd be the center section. The bottom. Your two yeah. wings will bolt onto there, and then, and then and that'll sit. Yeah, and that'll sit in between, and then at the bottom of the wing. So yeah, but there's um, Green's models. They used to be around. You can pick the models up now and again, but it's very rare. Yeah, yeah I mean, very very success. Yeah, my dad. My dad just opened up the door and said, "Did you show him the cockpit?" I said, "Yes, Dad. Show him the cockpit." <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome looking. <laughs> so that's um. So that, that's some of the stuff that I've uh, working with Dad, and he's been doing bits and pieces. This is I'm actually sitting in my dad's workshop. So if you if you if you have a look around, there's this there's so many things in here. It's it's like a it's 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 a spare room in my dad's house, and it's it's um it's got plenty of things in here. That's it's amazing. It's a heaps of stuff in here. Bill, Bill Decker <laughs> still thinks. Uh, Bill Decker's like, yeah, you need to build a large scale balsa. So my problem, Bill, is I got to be able to get this stuff into my car, and I'd be terrified of just. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a foam electric guy, and uh, you know who who loves to scratch build with uh, with um, uh, with foam board, or when it, when my mind starts coming up with neat, wicked ideas into the winter when uh, when I'm a little stir crazy. But you never know what's going to happen because it's, I guess that would be the cool part. And that's why a couple of the guys really are like, you should try this again. I mean, I, my, my SIG was a long time ago. My LT40 was a long, long time ago. And, and a project like that, Steve, would probably be something you could just say, okay, this is what I'm going to build in the winter, you know, and just go at it bit by bit. Yeah. So we'll see. But with, but with the new ARFs, like the design of the new ARFs is a lot better than what they used to be as well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my I'm just moving a microphone here. That's better. Um, yeah, the ARF, uh, the way the way that they're built now in comparison to what they used to be yeah. has changed. Yeah. So the speed in which you can put them together is a lot quicker. Yeah. The hardware is a lot better. They're, they've, they're very, you know, like you look at the latest, like that Beechcraft Baron from Hobbiking, for instance, and when I opened it up and went through it, it's actually really, really, really well made. It's really nice. So... Uh, it's, we'll, um, we'll see what happens, man. Because I've got uh, I've got all the power plaque off that giant 3D printed Spitfire. You know, that's a 55. Yeah. It's a 50, 50. It's almost the same power plant as in the GT Tundra. You know, 
So it's but remember, it's got a lot of punch. Back in, the, back in the day, Hobby King decided to go with a plug and fly ARF, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it was the uh, it was a Balsa Ryan, and they also did a um, fills a staunch like the Luftwaffe staunch. Yes, and and they came out with motor ESC. Um, your servos all you did was basically put it together and it was something that was trialed and and if hobby king if you're listening do it again because um i really think that that market hasn't been touched by anybody arfs are still there and they're expensive and they're produced and then you've got to put all your electronics and your package together and get it to fly because you want to customize it i suppose but i really think that that option of having uh, an arf as a plug and fly is something that just hasn't been touched on yet and so I don't know why. A balsa plug and fly. I don't know why that, that hasn't been done. Fascinating. I mean, it's probably, it, I, I, you know, like why not have a balsa cub, for instance, Yeah. that's two-meter wingspan that comes ready to fly, and all you do is just Yeah, that's true. Bolt. That's true. That's interesting. I, I don't. I, I don't know why that market hasn't been tapped, and I don't know if there is a market there, to be honest. There may not be. Because a lot of guys that build stuff and build ARFs want to put their own stuff in it. So, yeah. but but then there's guys that don't have the time, and that's the reason why we fly foam airplanes so quick because we want yes to, yes, to fly that, yes. that next thing fast. So maybe there is a market there. Maybe there is. Fascinating. All right, you know what we're gonna All do right. now, Steve? Hot seat questions, yep. man. So you know the drill, right? Uh-huh. I'm gonna ask you some real questions. I don't have a bell yet. I gotta get myself a ding. So these are fast, <laughs> rapid fire. You can elaborate if you before want. We, before we go into it, Bill Decker asked, how's the monkey bike? Mm. And the, the monkey bike has 6,000 kilometers on it. Holy um, has I've owned it now for a year, just on a year. That's not bad. And I, every time I get on that bike, I laugh. Every time I look at myself on that bike, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever done in my life. It, um, it has given me... And I still, from Honda, I don't want anything for this, by the way. Uh, it's, um, this is all free advertising. But anyone who needs a motorbike, go and, seriously, go and buy a monkey bike. It is the best thing you're ever going to put between your legs. Oh, it man. Is <laughs> oh, I think I just got the title for the show. <laughs> oh, oh, And the boys, I'm reading the comments. I'm reading the comments, too. We'll, we'll talk about the bike, and we'll, we'll jump into the stuff here. And then we'll... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, no. That, that, um, actually, I, I caught up with Simon from Hobby King, and we—he's got a smaller Grom, which is the uh, a sports bike equivalent of the monkey bike. And we did a uh, a charity ride together, so it was good to catch up with him and um, and dress up in onesies and and drive around the city and and have a lot of fun and, and raise money for Starlight Charity, which is one of the charities here in Australia for kids. Uh, it was it was awesome. We had a really good time. Six hundred bikes all together, and. And yeah, what we costume were you up. in, Steve? What costume? Well, of course, I was dressed up in a monkey and suit. And what did you have to do with your tail? <laughs> oh, I had to cut it off because I got a cord in the chain. <laughs> 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 it's very funny. So there were, there were there were a few monkeys there, and um, and some of us had motorbikes. So yeah, no, it was good good fun. Cool. Yeah, the boy, the boys are suggesting that I sell my beloved GT6, my 1968 Triumph GT6, for a freaking minivan. I know where you all live. No. <laughs> that, that's um. No, that, that yeah, no, 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 I would no. never live with that. All right, 
hot seat questions. Number one, sure. we got 38 questions. I don't know how many I'm going to ask you, but the first one on the list, and these are questions submitted, a few by me, the rest are by community, by podcast fans. Right. Number six is do, 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 yeah. do, belly or wheels? Wheels. Wheels? Awesome. I hate belly landers. Really? Belly landers are for... Uh, really? Go away with your belly lander. No, look, they serve a purpose, like an EFX, for instance. Mm-hmm. If I've seen landing gear on... Uh-oh. On EFX. I need to have landing gear on EFX, just belly landed. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing. That's, yeah, you, you glitched for a second. Um, sorry. Yep. Are we back? <laughs> you're back. You're back. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, belly landers serve a purpose, but they're not my thing. Uh, like, for instance, the buffalo was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I designed a buffalo. It's a belly lander. Um, and it worked and served a purpose. But for my own airplanes, I like to have landing gear, especially with aircraft that need landing gear. For instance, like a jet. Yeah, I like it to have landing gear. Yep. It's just one of those things. So, yeah. Cool. Do you call airplanes drones? Ooh. No. Nope. Cool. They're airplanes. Yeah. No. I don't, right there I don't, with you. I don't man. even call it. I don't even call a drone a drone. Like if I've got a DJI, yeah, I've got the Mavic, and I don't call it a drone. I, I, that's just a toy. I wouldn't call it a drone. A drone to me is a military thing that fires weapons. That, that's a drone to me. Cool. Yep. What would you do? To, oh, hold on here. I gotta get this so I can see what I'm doing here. What would you change about the hobby if you could? Wow, what could I change about the hobby if I could? Mm. What could I change about the hobby if I? Oh, that, that's a really good question. What could change about the hobby if I could? Man, I, I love the hobby way too much to change it. I, I don't think there is anything you can change it. I think it develops all the time and it evolves all the time. I think there's always new technology that comes in to yeah, to say to change the hobby. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It'd be, it'd be great to put manufacturing back in the countries where you buy your product from, but that's impossible. Like, for instance, if you were to have manufacturing in Australia and also in America that could build an aeroplane for the same price you could do it in China and then have it shipped and then have that um, so cottage industry, but it's impossible. It's, it's, it's way too, too cheap to do it out of China. Um, but it, um, yeah, I don't just, I, I like the way the hobby evolves and I like the new technology that comes in with these hobbies. Like for instance, foam aircraft after the last, uh, over the last 10 years has changed. Oh, not even that I'd say two years yeah. has changed dramatically. Yeah. The density of the foam, the quality of the product that you get now in comparison to what you get used to get is just amazing. It's just it, it's and it changes every, every every time a new airplane is released. There's something new, and that gives other companies to bounce off and then to evolve and change and to update and to get better. So there's um yeah, cool. Nothing really. In, uh, actually, there is something I want to change. Okay. I want it. I want a new transmitter, so I don't have to use my thumbs anymore. I don't know what that is. I've got no idea, but make it for me, the guys out there, or whatever it is. I, the, the whole two-stick thing is just, it seems, two 1980s. Let's, let's change it to something. I don't know what that is, but... Not your phone. Let, Please, not your phone. Something. God, no, not your phone, right? No. That, that, that the whole text no, 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 thing like, just started driving I've, crazy. I've got, I've got the new iX12 from Spectrum, mm-hmm. and it's Android 
Android based and you can turn all that functionality off, which is the best thing about that whole product is you can turn, I don't need to Google, I don't need to listen to Spotify. It's 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 very it's a transmitter, and I do understand the, the the angle that they went there, but it is a little bit unnecessary to have Google Maps on my transmitter. Yep. So good point. Yeah, technology is good. When you go too far, it becomes a little bit silly. Hellcat yeah. or Corsair? Oh, that's a good one. That bentwing devil. Wow, that that is a good looking airplane. The Hellcat served a purpose, but I find it fairly vanilla. I find that aeroplane boring to look at. I've had uh, a Balsa Hellcat. You know, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic aeroplane and it won the war and all that sort of stuff. But the Corsair just has that look and has that yeah. has that aggressive sort of bent wing. So I'd have to say, or the, the yeah, it's a good one, but I'd definitely say the Corsair. Right with you there, buddy. All right, your absolute favorite RC experience. Oh, Man. my absolute favorite RC experience. Wow. Um, Stuffing you today. I love these questions. Yeah, no, no, they, they, they are really, really good. My absolute favorite RC, I, I would have to say, oh, that, that's a really good question. Just trying to think of. Yeah, I would have to say watching the guys at my club teach their kids how to fly. Nice. And I would say that, that the best experience there would be, yeah, definitely would be to see, to be involved at the club, the level I'm in now being the president and to watch new members come in and fly. I would say that that would be out of all of it, out of all the fun stuff would be to watch a new younger guy or girl, whatever mm -hmm. it is, um, to fly that aeroplane their first time is amazing. And to do that landing and to watch a young kid nail that landing and do it properly and him walking away with, you know, that, that look of like, I did that, that that would probably be the best feeling of RC. Awesome. And and, and, that, and that's why we have a, a club culture the way, the way we do. And that's why we have... You know, probably one of the, and I'll, and I'll say this because I'm the president, but it is the best club in Australia. It is, without doubt, the, the members make it, and it happens all the time. Every every day I go out there and I see something new, and but that's, yeah, the best. But to say the best moment for myself in RC yeah. uh, would probably be when I put the MiG twenty one through a fence. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've, I've, I've flown that many airplanes, and I've, I've you know been involved in it that long. It's I, I suppose it, it would be, uh, I don't know, probably my first RC Spitfire because I love a Spitfire. It's probably the best airplane in the world. Don't care what anyone says. Um, that wing and to to be in control of an RC Spitfire would would my first one probably, and I, and I think it would have been an Arctic Spitfire would have been the first Spitfire I flew. Nice. And it was, you know, probably not the best looking Spitfire, but still to fly that around and say that I'm flying it, be that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Decker. Bill good. Decker just asked me, what's my favorite sugar-free ice cream flavor? Or or even, go, go <laughs> ahead, Steve, what would be yours? Oh, there, there wouldn't be one. You can't have sugar-free oh, anything. Hey, dude. 
It Dude, kills man, it kills me every time. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I've been lucky enough to find some stuff so I could actually have an ice cream this year, this this summer. But yeah, it kills me. It absolutely kills me. My answer would probably be mint chocolate chip. Ah, the old mint chocolate chip. Mint. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and while you contemplate your ice cream flavor, I'll, I'll feed into that favorite thing. So I've probably got about two or three, and one of them was mentioned here. I love. I love when the guys come up to visit for we call it our mini flight fest north. Um, that's pretty special, you yeah. know. That, that, that Laura Laura tolerates a bunch of RC guys, and our collective age is eleven, and we go out. We have a good old time. Uh, obviously, uh, flight fest has become a very special thing for me um, because that that's a huge yeah. source yeah. of pride. And then on the family end of it, I haven't given up on my kid flying with me. I think one day James will figure it out and he'll come flying. But I still, I still uh, love being able to have my dad. My, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always good. Like my dad doesn't fly because his eyesight isn't the best, but he loves the the hobby and he's mm-hmm. he's still a very active member. And um, every time I fly and I crash, the disappointment in his face is more than mine. Because um, <laughs> he's gonna be. I don't know how many times. Yeah, he has to rebuild it. So, but in in hindsight, I'm giving him work to do, yep. so he should be happy. But um, no, it's it's always good. Like we go to the club and we might fly, you know, a couple of times. But then we 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 talk and it's it's. But yeah, the same thing. I'd love to get my kids more involved in the hobby. I know that they're that they're probably saturated with it, so they just don't like it, or they've probably got other things to do, like you know, video games are more important. I think you know what but I think, definitely... Steve. They're gonna come along. I, I I've got a feeling that eventually, oh, yeah, I think yeah, it's well, going to be. Yeah. Because huh. I'm the same way. I'm like, if my dad could have afforded to let me fly at, my, at that age, I would have been on all over it. But they've got other things but right yeah. now. But I think they're going to come to it. I'm saying that when when we were kids, it was a lot. It was a lot more expensive, and it was a lot harder. We had to build mm-hmm. all the stuff yourself, and then you crashed, and then you, you had to rebuild it yep. all again. You know, the AR, I mean, plug and fly kids just weren't there. And now you know you have access to these guys, to good technology. You know, you, I mean, you've got stuff that uh, that works like safe technology and, and, you know, gyros, which helps you fly. When you're starting out, that, that's always good to have because yep. it gives you that confidence to continue to fly. Um, yeah. And then but, the test kits, you know, like the, the kudos to the uh, kudos for building airplanes that we we giggle. All right, great. I just trashed a $10 airplane. Let's just transfer that to yeah, a new that, one in an it. hour, you know? So, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, definitely yeah, that, that sort of stuff. Um, and flight tests have been around for you know for a long time now, and 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 their their aircraft. Uh, you know, every time you see, and then that's 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 another that's that's another fun part of the hobby as well is that you can have the most expensive aeroplane pull up with the most expensive trailer, and have the most expensive transmitter, but you'll have more fun out of flying a ten dollar yep cup, you know, yeah. cardboard box than what you ever will. And you'll probably get more looks at that aeroplane because it's bizarre and it's unusual and it flies and you're having more fun. You know, so it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I know. This hobby is pretty cool. Okay, ice cream flavor. Come on, come on. Oh, it'd have to just be vanilla. Oh. I'm very plain. What? Oh, man. Yeah. Very plain. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. I think my... Oh, he, my my grandfather was 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 one of the funniest men you're ever going to meet, and he used to put um, cordial, which is like a syrup, mm-hmm. on top of the ice cream, mm-hmm. and then that was his flavouring because vanilla was too know, vanilla. Was a, but yeah, it's very very funny. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, I 
if I was to go to an ice cream shop, good vanilla, mm-hmm. that, that'll do Oh, that. I get it. Yeah, pure brand but versus store. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. Trisogear or tail dragger? Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, it depends. I, I'd say tail dragger. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like all the cool airplanes are tail draggers. Bingo. <laughs> like... Yeah, and then that's if you were to look at like a you know a decathlon tiger moth, um, tundra, um, we'll chuck a Spitfire in the mix. You know you 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 know the, you know a P fifty one Mustang, one of the you know the legend of World War Two is a tail dragger. So I can just say, yeah, tail dragger. The the two six two was originally a, a tail dragger. I saw photos of that. I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> It is. It is the weirdest thing in the world to see a two six two with a tail wheel running down the runway and then going up on the mains and then take off. It's like that's odd. Yeah, that, that's going to be terrifying to land and take off with a, in that st- setup. Actually, um, uh, Kermit Weeks was showing. Uh, is it L one? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was explaining the difference in the motor and the work they have to do yeah. because the oil. When it drains down, goes to the bottom cylinders and into the head, and they can do damage if they <laughs> don't bleed the oil out because it's too much compression to the exhaust. Man, I'm like, whoa! And he says it's because it's a tail dragger. If it wasn't a tail dragger, then it would. I'm like, okay, that's just you know, but yeah. you know, yeah, that's. If you see, if you see the um the Kermit Weeks video where he did the um oh by the way Kermit Weeks is a complete legend of the of, of, of aviation. What a champion that bloke is! But he's uh, he's got a video of the I think it's the Sotworth snipe. A biplane mm-hmm. where he he's flying along and he shows how to land with the button for the throttle to give you to give you power and how to 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 slowly like blip the engine as it comes into land fantastic video if you haven't seen that watch it and he also did a walk around with the mustang i think it's like three parts where he he does a complete walk around startup of a mustang and then he flies the mustang and you're in the cockpit with him what a video if you're a mustang fan or any airplane fan that video is i've seen it about oh, i think He's had two million views, and I'd be up to be nearly two million. I think it's me that's watched that video more than anyone else. <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> of which, question number fourteen: Mustang or Spitfire? Um, <laughs> if 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 you want to get right into the nitty gritty of it, the only reason a Mustang's good is because it's got a Spitfire engine. Boom! <laughs> I flew before they before they put a Spitfire engine in the Mustang. It was a POS. Let's face yeah. it; it was Allison powered. It oh. was useless, no supercharger. It was okay to drop bombs with it, maybe low level. Then when they gave it a real motor, it really showed its true Mustang. I managed to actually. That. Speaking of Mustangs, over the last over the past weekend, I pulled out the Durafly Mustang again, and I flew it. And yeah. oh my, the first flight, it was it was dropping wings, and I'm like, what is going on? So I fiddled around with the controls. Yeah. I actually jacked up the Expo, and I realized that I think one of my ailerons was sitting lower than the other one. So in a turn, it kept dumping the nose over, and it was in that color. It's the <laughs> old, um, it's not the crow. It's the, um, oh, shoot, free, uh, Frankie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that paint scheme on that plane and I don't get along. And so I was flying actually <laughs> with my glasses and it made a difference. And I just had, I just pinned the power. I want to try that airplane on 4S because uh, I'm not running the 10 yeah. bladed prop, yeah. the 10 bladed prop, the 4 bladed prop. And I want to try it on 4S yeah. and see if it handles a little better because I did put a bigger ESC into it and just see if it gives me that little extra punch. 
um, to keep it stable. And then one day, I swear to gosh, I'm going to go to Callie's Graphics. <laughs> She's got a RCAF color scheme. So it's all yeah, silver, yeah. black nose top, and then there's some RCF yeah. decals. And I think I would track that airplane a little nicer, I think. Yeah, but you just can't beat that wing of the Spitfire. Yeah. It's that elliptical wing. It's 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 the whole, you know, I grew up watching the Battle of Britain, so that movie is just the best war movie ever made. And just to watch that Spitfire fly, and, and, and I remember the first time I saw a Spitfire, a Mustang at an air show is a Mustang at an air show, but a Spitfire at an air show is unique especially in Australia where we've only got two that fly. Yeah. And for a long time, we only had one that flew. And when I first saw the Mustang, I remember just thinking like, yeah, that's the reason why I like airplanes. So definitely, you know, the Mustang was a better airplane, no doubt. Oh, oh, you can't really say that, but the Mustang was, had its reasons why it was a better airplane. Yeah. You know, it had, it had the endurance, but to say that a Mark nine Spitfire could be out flying by a Mustang, don't agree. Neither would anyone that flew a Mustang or a Spitfire. But anyway, um, definitely the Mustang had its place and it won the war for in, in Germany. So you would have to say that the Mustang has its place, but the Spitfire is a better airplane. Cool. Full stop. Full stop. Nice. Next. Next. <laughs> what was your most expensive crash? Um, I love these questions. Yeah, no, my most expensive crash. Gee. Um, we'll count Hobby King out of the mix because the test aeroplanes are expensive and the R&D that goes into the aircraft is pretty expensive. So my, own, <laughs> so my own personal crash would be most expensive, I would have to say, would be the, the Yak-130, mm. which is just recently owned. And, and that's, I don't know how much that costs in the States, but in Australia, it's around about $1,000 Australian. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I put that in and everyone thought it was my own fault, but it was flying. Basically, what I like to do with my EDFs is to do one low pass, pitch up, drop the gear in the flaps and then come down, downwind, base leg and come in and land. It's one of my things that I do. It's just like a, a normal airplane. And I was remember I was flying it around about 20 feet off the ground full throttle and I went to pitch up and the airplane just rolled slowly into the ground and just smashed straight in the middle of the runway. So that had to nothing, make a gorgeous sound. It made a solid <laughs> thump. It was a proper crash and, um, pride dented, everything ruined, went out and picked up several bits up and, um, yes, um, better. build it, build it, build it. Oh, it's, I've still got, yeah, it, it happens and it's part of the hobby. You can't, yeah, you know, not fly an RC plane and expect it to have a an issue or a crash. Like mm -hmm. I've, you know, flown planes into trees, into each other, uh, but that one there really, a lot of people were watching, and it was a showstopper of a plane. It's a big airplane, and it's it's a cool. It takes up a lot of like when it flies the Yak One Thirty. It's a it's a really cool plane to to watch. It's a very chunky, very fat looking airplane, yeah. and when it went in. Um, Someone just said, all oh, fixable with minimal money, no experience. Yeah, I, I, I could fix it. The Yak-130 could be fixed with, you know, new parts and everything else, but I think it's better to let it go. Put, put the parts <laughs> in something else. Well, or, yeah, grab what's salvageable and put it into another airframe. Uh, I, do like, I do like the airplane, and I probably will buy another one eventually. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's one of those things. Just move cool. on. Next one. Build it. Bill Decker said, would Steve ever build a live fire? No. No, I never would. 
Um, as much as I love the Spitfire, um, you can't have. I haven't seen many Spitfires that look good. Yeah. And a lot of Spitfires miss the mark. The Avios Spitfire is very close, but I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't do it justice. So I wouldn't want to build one myself. Yeah. I, I and it's funny because I almost snagged one for my own collection, and then I thought I'd have to store that thing. And like I've got the I've got the FMS uh, Mustang, and it's a beautiful plane, but it yeah, you know they yeah. take up a consider in, in my Lancaster, but they take up a considerable amount of space in that you know you're never going to disassemble that wing, you're never going to take that yeah, plane apart. So yeah. you've got to be prepared. So it's got to be one of those planes that fly often, and I, I'm like. You know, would I fly it nearly enough? So that's why I kind of like the Durafly scale airplanes because when I'm in the mood to fly, I yeah, can put two yeah. or three of those in the car and go. And the Durafly Spitfire is probably, you know, Tom Hunt did it and, and Shua did a perfect job on that airplane. Like that, um, sorry, my dad's just walked in the door. All right, just listening. Just listening. Um, it, the the Durafly Spitfire is perfect in scale and representation of a Spitfire flying around. You can't get better. Uh, there's, there's no, like, um, you know, E-Flight tried a couple of times. Um, Free Wing have tried. Doesn't quite hit the mark. The Durafly one is perfect. Yeah. I love my Mark 1. And Absolutely love my Mark 1. Yeah. Yep. Well, the Mark 1 is is a um, is a fantastic-looking airplane. I think it's the best-looking, the baby Spitfire, as it's called. It's probably the best-looking Spitfire out of all of them. And the Mark 5 looks okay because it looks like a Mark 1. And the Mark Nine looks all right, but it's yeah, you know, it's a bit longer in the nose. And that that genuine, the the original Mark One, Mark Two Spitfire is probably, you know, the the quintessential Spitfire when you have a look at them. It, it is the the Mark that that yeah. And we shouldn't forget. Sorry, my dad's just closed. The door. Uh, and we shouldn't <laughs> forget about the Seafire. Well, yeah, the Seafire, that, that was a lot of fun. That, that was, you, know, that, that was, you know what I love about that, that, that plane, Steve? That's yeah. the one that I want. If I want to go out and just hound a Spitfire to death, that's the one I take. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we yeah, that that uh, that was a lot of fun to do. Like, and, and we had so many comments of hate. It was hilarious. It was really, you know, like you see these, you know, well, how dare you do that to a Spitfire? I was like, yeah, you know, you just need to relax. Um, I, I think... I, I think, from memory, it was one of the better selling Spitfires out of the Durafly yeah, range. Because, because so you know what, people bought it, went great. This is something I can just have fun yeah. or repaint it in my own scheme. Yeah, there's tons of options. Yeah. Uh, so, question number sixteen, Steve, is yep. self-taught or instructed? Oh wow! Mm. Um, most of it, I, most of it was self self-taught for a bit. Um, I I did have a few instructors. I did have those people to help out, but I made my own mistakes. Definitely made my own mistakes. Um, you know, probably the way that I teach people now, I would have loved to have been taught back in the day. Um, yeah. So no, I didn't have a full time instructor, and I made my own mistakes and learned from that. Same. Same. Yeah. That's what I loved when I. When I came back into the hobby, I mean, that little uh, fly zone uh, tiger moth on, you know, 1S. Yeah. What a way to come back. And it's funny because that plane still lives on. um, And what a way to re-intro myself and learn the basics all over again and everything. So I came came back into foam with a Venom Island Hopper. 
chopper. So that would have been a cubbish kind of looking thing or a seaplane ish. Yeah, really, really bad. Like a Cessna. Oh. It was really oh, bad, wow. really ugly. And it had, I think it had like a, I can't remember the color scheme now. It was just stickers on a white plane, but it was really bad. Nike had batteries that works. So it was oh, awesome. Man. Oh, man. So you're really, yeah. really mushy power. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then I remember I upgraded it to brushless and was like, wow, this thing's a rocket. And then took, yeah, had big wheels on it, you know. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Yep. But um, yeah, then because I've been out of the hobby for a while and then a, a good friend of mine actually got me back into it again. And he said, let's go flying RC planes to the local park. And then that's where we all, that, that, that's this history, as I say. All right. I love <laughs> this question. Absolutely adore this question. Velcro. Fuzzy side on the battery or on the fuselage? Oh wow! Fuzzy <laughs> side on the battery. Really, really? Yeah. See, I do the the, the yeah. well, the, I do like the. So, are you talking the soft foam, as far as soft Velcro? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So, so you've got the you got the male and the female part of the Velcro. Yes. And the male part is the hard part, and yeah. the soft part is the female yes. part. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I put the soft part on my batteries. Okay. Anything? Yeah. There. Anything going into the fuselage because the rationale is that the hard one tracks everything, so you end up with all kinds of stuff stuck to your battery before you put it into the plane. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. But but I I generally don't like to use that much Velcro in my aircraft. Like I'd I'd rather put uh, the non-slip stuff and then a few battery straps for the bigger planes. Yeah, um, I've had in the past where I've put that Hobby King blue Velcro and laid it down in the bottom of a tray and then gone to pull the battery out and pulled the whole tray out. <laughs> and just gone, like, what? Great. So, now i got to fix this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like, really? Yeah, I've, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I tend to actually, I tend to, um, I tend to actually still use Velcro. The problem you get with sometimes too is you put it in the plane and then you got to try and get your fingers in around the vat. Battery straps and I don't yeah. get along. I have to say, uh, I know they serve a good purpose, and, and on the bigger batteries, I like Velcro and strap. But I, I find yeah. I waste yeah. more time getting a battery into that Yak 130 than I actually fly it. Like it takes me longer to put the battery <laughs> in than the three and a half minutes of flight time. But you know, that's that, the, that's one thing about the the L thirty nine is the five thousand six S at the back of the battery bay. There's just a piece of foam that goes like that at the back of the for the for the landing gear and i think it's landing gear and you can just mount it up just put it up against the back of that down strap it over and you've got this massive amount of space it's yeah. just set per- perfectly for a 5006 as it just just fits the spot so nice yeah. i know i can get a 62 yeah. into my hawk so i'm kind of curious to see how it's going to fly I wanna, yeah. Yeah. again i want to try the 45 and the 62s uh question number seven but then go ahead yep. No, 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 you're right. Number seven. We're at number seven. Number seven. I'm just looking at the our total show time and everything, and I don't want to keep you. Uh, it's uh-huh. your Saturday morning. You're supposed to be a flying, and here's well, here's Andre Yak. No, it's, idea, but no, it's, it's no, good. No, we've we've got we've got like 50 kilometer winds outside. Oh, so well, jeez, you know, we'll just keep playing yeah. along. Okay, yeah. number, no, seven, number seven. Pre-built or builder? Um, pre-built. <laughs> Who's got time to no, build, right? Yeah, no, I just, no. Like, I would love to, and I've got plans left, right, and center for everything. Like, if I was to open that drawer behind me, there's plans in there, which would, which would, and I'll actually show you some, which would, which would blow your mind. Actually, I can't open the drawer and forget about it. Um, everything will fly. In, in that drawer, in that drawer, I've got everything from, 
oh, there's so many plans in there that my dad's got over the years and we've sat down and gone like, let's build some stuff. Um, I just don't have the time at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to. I would, I would dead set love to make some aircraft. Uh, there's some airplanes out there which need to be built. One of the airplanes that I would love to build is an airplane called the Pond Racer. It was built by um, Rutan, Paul Ru- uh, no, what's his name? The guy that built the Rutan Defiant. Uh, he, it was designed as a, a racer for Reno Air Races, and it's called the Pond Racer. It is unreal. And I wanted to wanted to build it as a an, an airplane with Durafly, and I kept getting knocked back left, right, and center. So, um, yeah, definitely want to build a Pond Racer. So, Google Pond Racer, hmm. and you'll understand what I mean. It had two Nissan six-cylinder turbocharged engines, and this thing is just, it is awesome. <laughs> I think it is one of the best-looking airplanes ever made. <laughs> no one will agree with me, but it's um, it's very cool. Cool. Actually, maybe we'll uh, it, maybe we'll drill into that topic. Uh, actually, I think we we'll want to save that for another show. But just you know, we'll talk. I'd love to just sure. discuss some of the you know some of the ideas you had o- over the years trying to develop and everything. But oh, yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. We got, we'll do a few more questions. Maybe we'll go into that. But you know, we're we're approaching almost ten yeah. o'clock. But we're, it's been a good show so far. So, question uh, number eight is pinch or yeah. thumb. Yeah. Uh, half and half. Half and half, ditto. I do my thumb on my throttle stick, which gets me into trouble sometimes, and then I pinch <laughs> on my ailerons, which is I, fine. I, I, um, my throttle, my throttle, because I'm I'm made two, the only well, made properly as I like to call them. Um, uh, throttle on my left hand side, obviously, and I just use my thumb with the rudder, and that works really well. But I have to pinch on my other side because my thumb shakes too much. So I've learned to pinch, and I've actually learned to control aileron and elevator better if I pinch. So it's a it's a, a, a controlled response. So I've learned to fly that way. Nice. And the only reason is because my 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 right thumb for some reason it's had a few injuries or whatever, and it just doesn't function properly. So that's that's the reason why I crashed a lot. So yeah, my thumb. But no, I've I've had to learn to um actually to to pinch on my right hand side. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. There you go. Yeah. I just, I don't even so, know. Um, Someone noticed that one day on one of my videos, and I'm like, I don't know. I, that's just how I hold the remote. I think what it allows me, because it, it lets my just my throttle up and a little bit sorry. of rudder control. I just, I just read the comments, and my son's like, do you want a cup of tea or coffee? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've been laughing at that. Yes, I've been seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I just kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess you pick up a remote. I find, though, the... The, the handicap in the way I do it is sometimes I struggle to get to my darn switches for gear up and everything. And I'm like, ah, yeah. you know yeah. what? You know what the radio commands need? We need like, you know, <laughs> we need our, we need verse voice, voice assistant. Control. Yes. Gear up. Uh, gear going up. Could you imagine? <laughs> Everybody you imagine in the field. Mate, your mate standing next to you going, gear down. And you'd be like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, exactly. Gear down. Full no, flaps. I, I, Damn it. I, uh, Oh, that, yeah. that would be well, well, here's one for you. I, my flaps are always on a dial switch, mm. so I actually I actually control the flaps by introducing them slowly. Yeah. Uh, and my gear is always um, at the top left-hand side at, a, at one of the longer switches. See, I use that there as my go. kill switch. It's <laughs> funny. I use that one as my kill switch. Um, yeah, on the, on the back is my kill switch, but the one at the top is next to your flaps is, is my uh, landing gear. 
I control everything off my right with my right hand. I don't like to take my hand off the throttle yeah, for okay. whatever reason. I don't know. I, and it probably it would probably take me longer to relearn than just you know deal with it. But I tend to try now yes. yep. at my radius. So uh, with uh, with my FR Sky, I've got always got the flaps or modes on the same switch and the rates on one and the yeah. gear. Yeah. And I don't know. It just works. It you know, but it's like I've had it, and then you get in there with a transmitter mitt, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna fly basic here because I can't reach my darn flaps. <laughs> it's good. That's it. It's good. It's uh, good. All right, number nineteen. I love this question as well. You, what is your go-to plane? Oh, here you go. Go-to, absolute. Oh, yeah. It will come with you almost everywhere you go now. I don't have a go-to plane. Really? That surprises. I've me. got too many. Wow. Yeah. I've got. I've got. I've got too many. So I. I generally try and take out my flavor of the, of the month or whatever I've got going on at that, at that time. But my fallback airplane, if I was to say have an event at the club where I needed to go and fly an airplane and bring an airplane out, is the E-Flight t suite presence and it flies really well. Yeah. Um, the Sabre, which we spoke about before, which I think is just a fantastic-looking airplane. The Sabre, that first-generation airplane uh, jet, is just is where the money is. Um, and I don't know why they haven't done more generation. We'll get onto that later as well. That's another subject we can do. The MiG-17 that I did with Avios is that, that first generation jet and sort of, you know, compares well with the Sabre. And that was the, one of the reasons why I did it. Um, but the first generation jets just beat everything hands down. Nice. Um, uh, so, yeah, the Sabre. And moving on from that, the Avanti has been a very popular airplane. Flavor is the L39, which is behind me. That airplane is is rock solid at the moment for me. Um, but in saying that, I've sort of taken a bit of a, a push away from EDFs and gone back to propeller airplanes. So I'm sort of at that stage. You well. go in waves too, eh? and I, I'm, I'm figuring I'm going to fly yeah. the jets as long as the season will let me, and then, yeah. then it's back yeah. into the yeah. high-wing prop jobs and the belly landers and whatever I'm can take got, the weather. Yeah, I've just got, um, yeah, like it, airplanes come and go, and, and obviously, um, you know, it, EDFs are very popular at the moment, and and it seems that my club has been an increase in EDFs and, and flying fast jets. It's been a lot of, you know, visually they're good fun to fly. Um, you know, for a skilled pilot, they can make an EDF look fantastic and, and really, you know, you can nail that it. it takes up a lot of sky and, and demands people to watch it because it makes that noise and everyone's waiting for the crash eventually. <laughs> um, so they're, yeah, and they do, let's admit it. I mean, like, oh, yes. you know, stuff flying on the... On you know, really low, fast, and one of the one of the favourite things I like to do is to turn, you know, nearly full throttle and do a 360 degree turn at about 10 metres off the ground, and everyone's sort of like, oh, that, that's all, you know, eventually it'll come undone, but what I used to do, one of my favourite moves was to fly directly towards myself, and then at the last minute pull up in front of the crowd, but I've we don't do that anymore because it's just way too dangerous in case something goes wrong. But So something could go wrong, um, and that's why, to, yeah. No, 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 no. We just um, safety is key when you when you're flying with 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 a lot of people at a club, and you you need to, you know, you need to understand that there's there's limits to put on yourself and to your equipment and that sort of stuff. So, generally speaking, I don't do that anymore because it's you, as the president of an RC club, you need to set a little bit of an example. So, what? I don't do it anymore. 
So I had to be a little bit. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like I still fly to the edge, and I still fly things extremely hard. Yeah, but, but in the in yeah, the in the done. airfield, yeah. No, gotcha. Yeah. You know, the last thing I want to do is to see someone try and replicate it who hasn't got the you know the the ability to do it properly and pull it off, and then the airplane crashes or something like that. Yeah. So. No. The last thing I do is to is there is to have an accident. So this this is one of my own questions. Is there is there a magic number as far as when you go to the field, how many planes you take with you? Uh anywhere up to four or five. Really? I generally don't like to take I don't like to take a lot of airplanes. Um, sometimes I'll take one or two. Yeah. Um, generally, um, the more you jam into a car, I don't know. I, I tend to. I tend, yeah, I, I, I've done it in the past where I've taken you know, a full car load and then you get them all out and then by the time you set them all up and get them all done, you're sort of... Out of time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather sit there and, and run five packs through one aeroplane and, you know, have enough time, to, you know, to sort of recuperate from the next flight and just, you know, have, have that conversation and then go and fly or do something like that. So generally I'll, I'll take a few aeroplanes and, you know, maximum four. But my time mainly at the club is... is I'll, without doubt, I'll have a member come up to me and say, can you help me fly this airplane? Or I'll end up talking to everybody at the club, which leaves me around about two minutes to fly my own stuff. So <laughs> generally, you know, a whole day you can be spent out at the club talking. So, yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah. I've but, gotten but to down be honest, to... the way that, yeah, I was just saying, to be honest, the, the way I get my airplanes to the field is my dad brings, <laughs> brings out the airplanes and I meet him there and then... <laughs> He, um, yeah, he puts them together and we sit there and talk about that and, you know, you know. Still, that's awesome. You know, cool. yeah. Yeah, no, and and it's, 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 you know, my dad loves it. He comes out there and he's, you know, he's got new planes and we, you know, go there and he sits there and watches me fly. He's, um, he's still keen to get flying, but like I said, his eyesight's not the best. So it's, it's, um, it's hard for him to sort of track airplanes around. But saying that, he gets, he can outfly me, so... <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I found the magic number lately has been two to three, um, but uh, that's yep, just yep. and that's just the size. Depends on the size of the airplanes and uh, like that. My Mamba just kept coming out, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta fly other planes, and then I'll go. Okay, let's go all jets, just because then the thumbs are all yeah. hot, and ready to go. Um, and on that theme, when you when you when you pick up a new airplane, example like your L39. Do you look at, say, yeah. okay, I need to get batteries for this airplane. Is there a magic number again for how many batteries would you say I'm going to allot for this particular airplane? Um, yeah, it's um, generally, uh, yeah, you, you want to have, like, if you're going to have that, that type of airplane, you want to have three packs. Yeah. I, you know, I, and, and the reason why that is is that you've got, you know, I generally don't like to, charge at the field especially a 6000 no. no. or a 5000 success because it'll take you like it you know unless you're really you know you've got a setup to do it it takes time to recharge it um failure rate of batteries always happens as well like you might drop a cell or something might happen or you you know you run the battery over and it, it you know it puffs or whatever it might be and so you need to have that sort of you know a, a, you know a, a battery will fail eventually so you need to have that installed um so yeah generally three or four packs i've got roughly you know probably 10 packs that i can run through that jet and i'll um 
pick the best ones out and then run with that. The highest C ratings, the batteries that are working at the time, and then those other packs that I don't need those high C ratings, I'll use on something like a T28 or the RV, you know, the RV8 or something like that. Cool. EDFs, like obviously need a higher discharge and yeah. I think it does because I'm I'm about there myself because I'm like I'm really I really feeling that I need some 5,660 uh, C batteries yeah. versus some of the four the 40s I just like I said I just feel I'm missing that punch and it could be the weight as well but, the, but we'll see. But the the batteries aren't cheap now. Look at oh the 5,000 no. success. Like it's a hundred dollars. No, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can chuck you can chuck six of them in your basket and go to your checkout and then go. That's like, a plane. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, it looks like yeah. a. It looks like a, it looks like I'm not going to buy six batteries. No, and and it's uh, so no, I was I was and and that's that's my feeling on the on my 3300 or my two, even my three S 22s. I'm kind of yeah, like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to milk. I'm going to milk what I'm. Maybe I'm only going to fly two of my good packs in the Mamba, and then the other ones are going to be a little less energy f- packs, and then maybe I'm just going to have yeah. to learn not to deal with the 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 extra punches and and wait it out. So we'll see, because it's like. Yeah. It's a significant amount of the budget now. Some of the packs do actually need to be refreshed, but boy, yeah, I'm 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 with you on the cost, yeah. and particularly for if you've got to ship them in, yeah. Mm, taxes yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. So Bill Decker, Bill Decker just asked if I ride my monkey bike to the field, and the answer is yes, but I don't take any airplanes with me, Bill. I, <laughs> I generally, backpack. generally go there, and then yeah, little little. I've got a little um like a little holder on the back. I suppose I could put a transmitter on there if I strapped it down, but yeah, it's, it, it's kind of useless for anything to be honest. <laughs> we're going to ask a few more questions, Steve, and I think we'll actually tie up the wrap sure. up the show. Cause we're, we're, you know, we're cracking that two hour yeah, mark. Yeah, it's been good, sure. but yeah, uh, it's 10 o'clock. So this guy is even getting a little, little punch buggy tired. Number 29. <laughs> what made you decide yeah. to get into the hobby? You covered this a little bit, but we'll get a little bit more in depth. Yeah, well, well, my history of aviation goes back to both my grandparents were in the Air Force. Um, they both had an attachment with airplanes. My dad used to build, make sure I had plastic models built when I was a kid, and I always used to help him build these plastic models, and, and he was always interested in aviation and take me to air shows and that sort of stuff. So that, that's where my, my link with aviation would come from, and it's more of a, a passion. Like if an airplane flies over, it doesn't matter what it is, I always look at it. 80% of the times I can tell you what it is before I hear it, before I, sorry, before I see it. Aeroplanes are a massive part of my life and I just just love aeroplanes. Don't know what it is. It's it's a weird thing. I don't know how I can explain it more than aeroplanes are a huge part. Like if I see an aeroplane, it's just like, like, yeah, that's cool. doesn't matter what it is. And it's pretty bad when you're driving. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I um, always wanted to, uh, I suppose progressed from making plastic models to RC planes because it was just a cool thing to do. And then from there, it's just, you know, I left the hobby for a long time and then I came back when I had, you know, the funds, of, you know, I was available to fly again and get back into the in, back into the hobby. And then and then from there, it's, it's just, you know, I was very fortunate to work for Hobby King and to be a brand manager and to develop airplanes for, you know, to do something that you... You know, if you love as a as a as a job, it's fantastic. And um, then to do what I'm doing now, which is is to enjoy the hobby back again, to you know, to what I do, and then fly full scale yes. as well. Yes. So I've been doing that for a while. So you know, um, I'm learning how to do aerobatics, which is which is pretty full on, and very expensive, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of fun. I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not cheap, but to do upset store recoveries and that sort of stuff, it, you can't beat that. It's real, you know, full-scale flying is just unreal. Actually, and I had a flight in L39, which inspired me to buy one. So uh, as a, a gift, everyone in my family pitched in and bought me a flight in a joy flight in L39. So um, I had a little L39, and then he proceeded to do 10 barrel rolls and scared the crap out of me. A lot of fun, heaps of fun. Like if you ever get a chance to jump in a jet, do oh, it. man, do it. Do it's, it. Yeah. From, we, we flew along from 300 feet to 8,000 feet in a couple of seconds and absolutely looked over my shoulder and watched the world sort of just disappear. Unreal, unreal feeling. Yeah. And it was only an L39. When I say only an L39, it wasn't, you know, a Super Hornet or anything like that, but this thing still has enough grunt. Yep. You know, it's a 7G term where you nearly tried to black, you know, nearly blacked out and all that sort of stuff. It was great. It was awesome. Awesome. Sensational. Yeah. All right. So, last last yeah. hot seat question of the night, and then we'll do a wrap-up sure. and everything, and you can we'll, – we'll, whatever comments or questions from, from the <laughs> peanut gallery, we'll, we'll put in there. All right. I love this one. What was your first car? Oh. Ha, ha, ha. Those who don't know, Steve is a bit of a car nut as well. Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. I've seen photos, right? So, You've sent photos before. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> yep. Man, that's like, you know, <laughs> no, everybody the, knows the, someone who and, lived in that car, lived in, and breathed, uh, breathed with that kind um, of car. If I was, like, I've, I've got a oh, the equivalent of the um, the SS Chevy in the, in the Southern States. Mm-hmm which is a six-liter V8 thing, which has got plenty of power and, you know, 500 horsepower or whatever it's got. And I would swap that tomorrow for a 1963 Beetle. <laughs> but do you, Just give but it away. Do you need heat? If you... Oh, look, it, uh, the, the 63 Beetle is just every... And it's the equivalent of a 1957 Chev mm. for yeah. me. Those two cars are just perfect. Um, you know, you know, I've had turbo this and that and the cars and but those two cars for some reason a 63 beetle just yeah tomorrow i'd buy one and just be happy nice there you go nice nice so let's see so that's uh yeah you know what that this has been a phenomenal podcast i'm so happy that that we waited because like i said last week i just wouldn't have been able to do justice to this to this this chat And, and like you said today it's blustery and windy out there, but uh, you know it's been it's been really awesome uh, to to be able to talk to you. Uh, let's see what do we got on my notes. Uh, believe it or not, I'm organized and I've got my my show notes, which helps me along. But what? yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, again, uh, we got our uh, get FEB discount that is after hours, and I think that's eight percent off. No yep. minimal expires at the end of this year. There's some conditions. I'll put them in the link. Uh, so they've been nice to us. They're not exactly a show sponsor, but they're still doing well by us. Uh, Patreon, you guys are rocking it. Thank you so much. You're keeping it going. I owe, I owe my. Uh, I gotta get the stickers out, and, I, and I'm bad. I gotta send them everywhere. Yes, yes, you do. I gotta send them to you. <laughs> I gotta send some blame Andres out to friends and everything. I just gotta sit down and do it. I was supposed to do it over the long weekend, and I flew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so we're gonna organize that. I've got some friends in the U.S. have offered to do the home base and distribute all those stickers out, so they will be coming. Uh, but yeah, big big thank you for you guys who've stuck around through the podcast uh, as a patreon so we lost a good lost some numbers but nothing crazy and that that money is just going to be used to to allow the show to go and pay for all the bills behind it and everything the monthly fees and everything and and uh 
and we'll, we'll start having some fun with it. And uh, for those interested in the LED for the Night Radiant, Brian sent me that Blame Andre. That's without an accent on the E. Uh, just, I need one of them, by the you, way. You, you totally got to pick one up. So, do you have a Night Radiant? <laughs> Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, I, you know what? I haven't flown mine. Again, it's one of those airplanes that you, if I go to the club and I have an, uh, the field and I've got an hour, the radiant could soak up the entire hour of flying, right? <laughs> so, but again, it's uh, yeah. wingnut yeah. uh, wingnuttech.com. Uh, pretty cheap. Okay. I don't know what your shipping would be like, but there's a blame Andre coupon. Just um, you know, ten percent off your order. Hey, right, cool. Try right. it out. Yep. It's really good. Uh, it runs a little hot, but you know you're gonna get some cool patterns out of it. I haven't flown mine yet, and I've got. To, yeah, yeah. I want to see how that all works. We've discussed that. So, again, uh, any uh, any closing uh, any closing thoughts, Steve? Anything you got to say to the to our fantastic podcast uh, fans who've uh, been smoking it up? Make sure you leave your comments on iTunes and all the other ones because I do get them and I do read them and I really Bye. appreciate it and put the ratings, keep us pumping up and everything. Uh, we're doing really well in the uh, in the aviation uh, hobby category, actually, which is awesome. No, the only thing I'd say is is everyone keep sharing everything they're doing. I mean, the thanks to Facebook. I mean, Facebook sites at the moment mm-hmm. uh, are where it's at. Like when you when you've got, you know, years ago it used to be like forums and that sort of yeah. stuff and like RC groups and that sort of stuff. But now that now these individual chat groups have popped up everywhere. Like, um, you know, shout out to Victor for his chat group EDF uh, um, clubhouse. Yes. 5,000 members strong, whatever it is, and that site is fantastic. It's great information that gets shared, and everyone is so supportive. And, you know, Except Victor, the, the guys that get on there and takes, the haters. He takes Canadian yeah. bacon shots at me daily. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, no, but the best part about it is is that the, the guys that would get on there and preach their hate about products and that sort of stuff aren't there. So you've got yeah you know, a little bit of it, yeah. but more of it is more disappointment with products rather than actual hate. And it, it's it's good to see that people can actually talk about stuff and and discuss issues they're having to fix problems with aircraft and 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 that sort of yeah that that you know yeah. Hang on, Victor just said 1970 Mustang is his first car. Mm, nice. See, Victor had he had Mustangs before they were cool. <laughs> Yeah, seventy Mustang. Actually, no, that was a. Ooh, I'd have to, I'd have to look at a nineteen seventy Mustang. But yeah, well, you know, hey, I, I, I shouldn't say anything. I mean, I rock my my sixty eight Triumph whenever I have a chance. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah, that, that's a cool car. Thank you, man. Speaking about Triumphs, did you see? I sent you that photo of the the motorbike I'm gonna buy. Yes, bike. big motor, <laughs> big. Sucker. Oh my god. So I'm going to go from a monkey bike to a 2.3 liter or 2300cc Triumph Rocket 3. How could that? <laughs> That's probably got more horsepower than my just, daily driver. Yeah, I think it might. <laughs> it is. A, it's a massive motorbike, 360 kilos. So it's, it's 600 and some pounds. That's that's crazy. Huge. All right. Well, on on that on that note, as they say in show business, this is the show. I want to thank everybody for uh, coming out and hanging out with us and talking with Steve. Steve, thank you so much. I know we, we took up a good no, time. No, it's been great. But, and, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm off now to spend some time with my boys, which will be a lot of fun. We'll go and um, stir each other up. It'll be good. 
All right, sir. Well, Spend thank you very again. much. Uh, you have a wonderful weekend and since it's like Saturday morning there. And we're, uh, we're going to see if we can yeah, get flying if it's not Saturday raining morning. like crazy. Again, everybody, thank you for uh, being part of this podcast. We've had a lot of fun tonight. And I uh, yeah. hope you uh, learned some neat tricks through the industry. Uh, it's Steve, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's nice to see the unwound, Steve. Sure, as always. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's, to be honest, it's, it's uh, a little bit more relaxed, Steve, I think, than what previously would have been on here. But more, <laughs> Less tired, more energetic, but, uh, and uh, just... Yeah. Yeah, always no, it's, 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 it's been a lot of fun, and, and we'll do it again. Excellent, sir. Have a great night. Excellent. Thank you. All right, see you guys.